0: If she was here, I'd probably be just as crazy now as I was then in about five minutes. Isn't that ridiculous? No, it ain't really. Because being crazy about a woman like her is always the right thing to do.
1: once again to the Cinephiles, where this week John Roca, my partner and I are sitting in the same room I am Steve <laughs> Morris, a filmmaker, directing instructor in Los Angeles, California Hello
2: everyone, this is John Roca, I'm a writer producer and host currently in Los Angeles California, but living in San Diego, California uh, and happy to be doing it in person for the first time in a long time yeah. uh, because I'm up here for a friend's uh, event, so excited to be in the same room with
1: you, man uh, It's really nice to see you yes, It's so funny, I'm so used to like not actually being in the presence of humans, <laughs> you know. It's, great. it's really great to see you. But what we're doing today, of course, is continuing our exploration of the last picture show, um, the Peter Bogdanovich film, in honor of Peter Bogdanovich, who we recently lost. Yeah, and it's funny. So sometimes when you and I take a break between recordings, yeah things pop into my brain. Ah, yes, of course. And and this is something I meant to, I sort of noticed, but it's become more and more real as I've thought about this film. Okay. One interpretation of this movie can be that the older generation mm-hmm. has gained some wisdom and wants to impart that in, on the younger generation. Oh, yeah, certainly. And fails. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's something about the inability... To take the wisdom of the old, like you and I, when mm-hmm. we were in our 20s, people told us stuff. Oh, yeah. And you go, yeah, yeah, whatever. And then you, we get to our age, and you're like, oh, that's what they were trying to tell me.
2: Yep. I got all this time. What are you, what are you hassling me for? I yeah. got all this time. And then you go, wait, where'd the old time go?
1: Yeah, exactly. Or maybe don't take that thing too seriously. Yeah. Work more on that thing. Yeah. Or this thing is going to be really important. Or you know, <laughs> people who said, hey, take care of your health. <laughs> you're like I'm health I'm perfect that's- invest
2: wisely um,
1: yeah all yeah, these things
2: but I also think it, which when you bring that up Steve it's a great point because I mean this is a film that's coming out right around this revolution time and the youth don't trust anyone over 30 Nixon Watergate um, you know Vietnam's just a few years away so all this, well, actually, it's happening, but the end of it is a few years away. But like, all of this is happening. And so, the idea—it's kind of a rebellious idea within the rebellion—that there is some wisdom to be gained by from older folks of our generation, but that we don't listen, or the youth doesn't listen, and we're doomed to repeat the mistakes. And look at what's going on now. There are a lot of things we're repeating that were issues back then in the '60s
1: and '70s that we're doing once again and fighting about in the streets again. You know, you just gave me a whole other level to this thing, mm. which is, who is Peter Bogdanovich? Right. He is the guy who most honors the older generation. Yes. He is the guy who's hanging out with Orson Welles and John Ford and Howard Hawks and Fritz Lang and all these people. And he's the person who's making this very 70s movie mm-hmm. that's really honoring these old right. filmmakers. And particularly if you think about Orson Welles, a brilliant but messed up person who is his own worst enemy. Yeah. Did Peter Bogdanovich learn the lessons? <laughs> no. That's that's the thing, yeah. Is that he's making this movie of these young people making these mistakes, right? And he is literally at this time making those mistakes, right? Yeah. Um, so where we left off, uh, Sam the Lion had forgiven Sonny in the diner, mm-hmm. and now we follow Sonny who goes back to see another of the older generation, which is Ruth. Yeah. And this is a shot as another wonder. It's all in one shot. She looks completely transformed. Yeah. She's happy. They're sitting on the floor. She's brushing his hair. How come you've stayed with the
3: coach? You don't like him much. I don't know what brought
2: up to leave a husband. She's she's like a teenager almost. I mean, she's like, you know, there's a great song from Katy Perry a few years ago called Teenage Dream. And it was about falling in love with somebody that you... You fall in love so purely that it regresses you back to that teenage time when everything was so important and it still felt new and exciting and fun and vibrant. And so here it is, this moment. You can see she's clearly dialing into this feeling of womanhood. She looks very feminine. You know, juxtapose that when we first met her, which is sitting on the couch, very proper, her legs folded, her purse on her lap and now she's much more open and relaxed with sunny which is a great symbolic difference
1: I, I don't know maybe since she was a little little kid yeah if she's ever been herself oh yeah just like this is who i am i'm comfortable in my skin right i think she's been trying to please people or well and then there's another th- interesting thing too which is not being herself because he asks again why'd you marry him i
3: don't know my mother didn't like him maybe that was it hmm
1: <laughs> Which where else in this movie do we have someone talking about their whose mother doesn't want them to marry somebody yeah right with a uh, civil uh, shepherd's girl yeah right j c exactly. and Dwayne jC and Dwayne you know and so like okay her so she's been we've seen most of Ruth has been trying to please people right and then this one choice that she made was really not so good was trying to displease someone right, right. none of them were about her yeah
3: I never noticed how ugly this room
1: is I mean you can't have a more symbolic. Mine. Yeah. like yeah. I never noticed how what my life was, how ugly it was, mm-hmm. until right now.
2: Yeah, I was watching actually. It's really funny. I was watching an old episode of Veep last night, and there's a scene where Mike is coming up to an old press secretary guy, who he had kind of helped get railroaded out of Selena's administration in the earlier seasons. Well, Mike is up for this job for the NHL to be the head of uh, relationship, uh, whatever, head of t- uh, communications for the NHL. But this guy ends up getting it while they're at this meeting. Uh, uh, that Selena is at and he, the guy says to him, he tried, Mike tries to apologize when the guy says to him, you don't understand Like me getting out of the situation I realized what a terrible situation this was it woke me up and how many times have we, you and I or people who are listening had that where they think well I'm in the repetitive patterns and then all of a sudden something happens that takes you out of it, something joyful and you realize oh my god, what? It, how could I have kept existing in this situation,
1: you know I've never had an experience like that. I don't know what you're... Yeah. uh Yeah, sure. (laughs) Um, And and this is what's weird. She asks him what his favorite color is, and he says blue. And then at the end of the scene, she says...
3: i want to buy us a new coil. Blue
1: one. I have two feelings about this. Okay. Feeling number one, she's doing things that make her happy, and she's Mm -hmm. thinking about things that are happy. Right. Feeling number two, it's his favorite color. Right. Oh, good point. Not hers.
2: Right, but... uh, All right, so at the risk of walking out of the tight wire uh, or tightrope, when women fall in love with men, it's been my experience that they want to do some things like this that kind of symbolize an extension of their love, you know? And so for her, the quilt is something that will make her think of him when he's not around. So it's kind of. Absolutely, 100%. Right. Not every woman
1: does this, but I've I've I've. Experience. Well, I, and, and guys do it too. Yes. I mean, like, yeah, Absolutely. you know, what, what's your favorite? What's your favorite thing to eat? What's your favorite? Right. You know, what kind of music do you like? What, yeah, I mean, we all do this. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're gonna go out to the tank, the pond. Oh yeah, I think this scene is This is my favorite scene in the movie. I, I, I would have predicted that. Yeah, I, the, the, there's <laughs> no doubt. I, I this is again when I texted you and was like, "Hey man, take a look at this. This is the one of the scenes I was yeah. thinking about because there's a lot here." Um, which is we're there, it's with Sam the Lion, it's with Billy and Sonny, we're out there to go fishing. This scene, by the way, is very much his tribute to both John Ford and Orson Welles in a lot of ways. He really wanted to get it on the first take because John Ford always told him first take is the best take. Wow. Which apparently, if you're working with John Ford, you better get it on the first take. And so Ben Johnson was really used to having his shit down Because he had worked so much with John Ford. And if you didn't, if you messed up that first take, John Ford was all over you.
0: You wouldn't believe how this country's changed. First time I seen it, there wasn't a mesquite tree on it. Or a prickly pear, neither.
1: This whole shot, we're just going to push in on Ben Johnson. Mm.
0: I used to own this land, you know.
1: That's the first clue that there's more to Sam the Lion. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, he's got a whole history that we don't get to know about.
0: I reckon the reason why I always drag you out here is probably I'm just as sentimental as the next fella when it comes to old times.
1: And then he starts to tell a story.
0: I brought a young lady swimming out here once, more than 20 years ago.
1: And the camera's pushing in. And just as it starts to push in, the wind picked up. Mm-hmm. And a cloud moves and the sun comes out and hits Ben Johnson yeah. in the face. And, and Peter Bogdanovich was like, this is magical. But well, this is what Bogdanovich describes, which I do, which is totally a thing you yeah. do when you're directing. Which is because there's a problem with the sun coming out, which means your your shot might be overexposed. Right, now. the lighting. Yeah. So you do the and I, you do this with sound too, which is you look over at the DP and go, "Is <laughs> it, John just saw what my gesture is?" Yeah. But it's like kind of you can't say anything, right? Because you don't want to mess up the take. But you're like, "Are we cool?" And the DP apparently just shrugged his shoulders, like, "I don't know," <laughs> like, <laughs> "I can't tell if we're cool." And they keep pushing in.
0: After my wife had lost her mind, my boys was dead.
1: Which is right there is a lot. Yeah. There.
0: Me and this young lady was pretty wild, I guess, And pretty deep. We used to come out here horseback and go swimming without no bathing suits.
1: Is there anything? And I, this is not a, a, a mm. this is not a test, but does this remind you of anything? This kind of speech about this guy. Well, memory? sure,
2: Shane. I mean, what he was telling him, you know, like. I came out. We laid this land. We laid the groundwork for this land. We did all this stuff, and now y'all coming in, taking in, taking everything we've done, and deciding what's right and what's wrong. It's not fair, right? And that's a different approach than what you see here. His is, as he said, a more nostalgic
1: approach because he accepts progress. He's a progressive person. That's a, that's a great that's a great one. I'll tell you one of the ones Bogdanovich was apparently thinking of. Oh, a fellow remember
3: a lot of things you wouldn't think he'd remember.
1: Oh, Citizen Kane, yeah, Yeah. Bernstein. Yeah, Yeah. just this moment of, hasn't a day gone by that I haven't thought about it. Yeah, There's that kind of wistfulness in this speech.
2: Well, you know, it's funny to watch this film now, Steve. I'm sure if I had watched it when I was in my 20s, I'd feel more connected to um, Sonny. But watching it now, this time, I was more connected to Ben Johnson, to, um, to his character and what he was saying, what he was talking about and... You know, it's funny. It's it's so weird to be old. I mean, I, I'm still a young fucking soul. Like, I still think I'm 35 years old, and I haven't aged. And I, I sit there, and I have people come up to me, and, and they speak to me in certain ways, especially in the smodown, the younger players. And I'm just, like, kind of blown away by that kind of stuff. You know, I'm in that in between both worlds. So watching the speech from Ben Johnson, I just, I, I know. I, I, I grew up in a town like this. I did go skinny dipping naked in a lake with girls in high school and stuff. And so I remember these memories. And to look back and talk about that stuff now is so crazy to be at that stage in my life, you know.
1: Um, the moment for me was when it was really when I started teaching. And oh. then I had all these young people treating me like a grown-up. Like not just a grown up. <laughs> Mr. But like, Morris, sir. Yeah. but they did and like an experienced, like not just an adult, yeah, yeah, but yeah. like the wise old man. Yes. Like, oh shit. <laughs> And, of course, that's the role I was pretending to be, the wise right. old man, you right, know? Right, um, uh And he tells this story about how this woman bet him that she could race. You take the horses across the pond and that she would win.
0: She bet me a silver dollar. She could beat me across. She did. But she was always looking for something to do like that. Something wild. I bet she still got that silver dollar.
1: which knowing what we find out, I bet she, she
2: does. Oh, absolutely. She does have that silver dollar, the silver dollar, just like the blue blanket means so much to
1: her. And then the camera starts pulling back. And when the camera starts pulling back, the sun went behind that cloud. Mm. And that's just the math. And this is take one. Right. Okay. Incredible.
0: Whatever happened to her? Oh, she grew up. She was just a girl then really. Why didn't you ever marry her after your wife died? She was already married.
1: It's so interesting because he's talking to a person who's having an affair with an older married woman. Yeah, yeah, true. Good point. Do, does Sam the Lion know about Ruth?
2: Uh, at this point, I don't think so. I don't think so at this point.
1: I don't know if he does. He, I mean, everyone else in the town seems to know. Eventually, yeah. But, but I, don't know, I don't know if Sam does. It's because yeah. it changes him saying this speech mm-hmm. if he knows.
2: Yeah, exactly. Um, he's giving him advice.
1: Her and her husband was young and miserable with one another
0: like so many young married folks are. I thought they'd change some age, but it didn't
2: turn out that way. I got a feeling Sam doesn't have many friends in the town for a number of reasons, right? I mean, I think he sees through the bullshit of some of those guys that are in charge. He's a progressive person in a small town. There's not a lot of progressive people in small towns usually. And um, so I think he senses there's a kind of a spiritual camaraderie with Sonny that he doesn't have with anybody else. And so him, he doesn't have, and as he says, his kid died. So him imparting this stuff, him sharing this stuff uh, with Sonny is a way of connecting with another human being. We all have to get stuff out sometimes, and I think in this moment that's what he's doing—sharing it with somebody that he can share it with. You know,
1: I think my my thinking about Sam the Lion has grown just in the week since you and I talked. Mm. Mm. And here's the thing: I was thinking about. I was thinking about the moment that he sends everybody away and says, yeah. "I'm done with all of you," and I was thinking about. The fact that he always bets on the high school team, even that they're yeah. going to lose. Yeah. And here's what I think about Sam the Lion. Okay. I think when his kids died, yeah, is that I think he took on all the kids in the town, maybe, and said these are my kids, right? And he says I'm going to be a good father, and I'm going to support them even when they're losing. Yeah. Even when they're losing, I'm going to bet on them, mm-hmm. and I'm going to put faith in them. And that's why that moment with Billy is so painful to him because he's like, I've been like, yeah, supporting you since you were all kids, and you right. betrayed this. You know, innocent kid like this. And I think that um, Sonny is the person he's put the most on, which we're going to find out because mm-hmm. he's going to give him the pool hall. You know, so so there's a lot here yeah. that he's putting faith in this younger generation. You know,
2: I'll extend it out to where this could be John Ford or Elia Kazan or totally. any of those people that have helped Bogdanovich totally. in their stories. The And taking a chance on the youth is a progressive thing. And a lot of people, a lot of older people don't want to take chances on the youth. Here he is. Wanting to take a chance on the youth. Exactly. I love that.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Being married, always so miserable?
1: And I love Sam's response.
0: No, not really. About 80% of the time, I
1: guess. (laughs) So it's not really always miserable. Well, 80% of the time, it's miserable. (laughs) And then here's what happened. So as I said, Bogdanovich, he didn't want to cut. He wanted this all-in-one take. Mm -hmm. And they get to this point, and Sonny's got another line, and he didn't ask the question. Oh. And Bogdanovich is watching and the clock is ticking and it goes he says 30 seconds, which is an insane amount yeah. of time. But even if it was three seconds or five seconds, too long a pause, it's too long a pause. Right. And that is why there is one cutaway oh. in the middle of this thing. Damn. So they cut to the pond and they come back and they did a second take. And in the second take, the sun didn't come out, yeah. the wind didn't blow, all that stuff didn't happen. And so all of this is take one. Wow. So all And it's just because uh, Tim Bottoms forgot his line yeah. that they had to put a cutaway in the middle of it. And when they went to do take three, the clouds opened up and it started pouring rain and oh. they ran off the set.
0: Oh, my God. So
1: all they had was take one, oh. really. That's a hell of a take. It is.
0: We ought to go to a real fishing tank next year.
1: And then he says, nah, I
0: don't do to think about things like that too much.
1: What that
2: line mean? Basically, it means to me when he says it, it, essentially, is like you can't dwell in the past. You can't live or you can't try to repeat the past. The memories are there. They're nice to look back
1: on. But that time is gone. You know? I'll tell you what I think the line means. And okay. I've been thinking about this a lot. He's dying. No, it, oh, don't, it don't do too much to think about things like that. Too yeah, much. that's a fair point. You know, yeah. is that he starts to make a plan for next year and yeah. then goes, no, I'm not going to be here next year. Mm hmm
0: she was here, I'd probably be just as crazy now as I was then in about five minutes. Isn't that ridiculous?
1: And then here's some fucking Sam the Lion wisdom.
0: No, it ain't really. Because being crazy about a woman like her is always the right thing to do. Being a decrepit old bag of bones, that's what's ridiculous.
1: I love that one. Yeah, it's a great one. Yeah. And that's the end of the scene. Mm-hmm. And, and it's funny. So uh, when he's trying to get Ben Johnson to do the part, he told him, you're going to win an Oscar for this. Yeah. And this is the scene that won him the Oscar.
2: Yeah, no surprise. I mean. It's an incredible scene.
1: It's just so honest mm-hmm. and so heartfelt yeah. and simple. Yeah.
2: And it really encapsulates what a completely different role this was for Ben Johnson than anything he's played before and really woke people up to the incredible abilities that he had as an actor so it's fantastic. Absolutely fantastic.
1: It's really great. We're back at that swimming pool where all the shenanigans happened before. There's people making out. Do you remember the, the high school, like, people making out parties? Like... Uh, no. Uh, I no. I definitely remember yeah. being at the big crowded, like, because I was in the theater, you know, theater yeah, kid yeah, at school yeah, yeah. and with the drama department, and they're just all walking through a room, and there's people making out on that couch and people <laughs> over there, and those people just went, that bedroom door just closed upstairs, yeah. and... I was not making out. I was too shy. Yeah, no. I had that in college, but not in high school. And Lester is struggling with the top button. Oh, my God. What a doofus man. God, I'm glad it wasn't on fire. I would have burned to death Where you got one
3: button undone.
1: And it's so funny because (laughs) she's still theoretically dating Dwayne. Yes. She's not into Lester in any way. Listen. There's nobody who's loyal in this whole nope. movie.
2: Everybody's cheating on everybody at some level yep. uh, of their relationship.
1: Yeah, and and betray- betrayal's large and small. You yes. know, some of the betrayals are really rough. Yeah. So she's dating Dwayne. Mm-hmm. She's making out with Lester, who she's not into. Right. Because she's actually here for somebody else right. who is also in a relationship. Because she gets up, she walks through the room, she goes into the kitchen, and there is Bobby. Bobby
3: you Any you sleep?
1: Yeah. And she walks towards him, and the camera is pushing in on her, and then on him, and his hand is out, almost like maybe he's going to take her hand. Yeah. But that is not what he does. Nope. Goes right to her crotch. Yeah. That is a That is a move. It's a bold move. Yeah. It's a bold move, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off. And she has reaction. Yeah. But it isn't a negative reaction. Right. And they kiss, and he says.
0: Nice. You a virgin? Guess I am. Too
3: bad. I don't want to be though.
0: I don't blame you. Come see me when you're not.
1: Hmm. Bobby Sheen has got a. He's got a lot going on there, and Wichita he's, Falls. He's got a way he's playing this. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> that is a lot of confidence. That is, you know, what I'll say. That is like, uh, uber rich kid confidence. Yeah. You know, yeah. like nothing bad could possibly ever happen to me. Yeah. That's also a guy who <laughs> I feel bad saying this, but like, you know, he's the guy who's asked kind of needs to get kicked. I yeah, think. maybe. Yeah. We're back at the diner. This is another scene that was cut and he's sitting with Dwayne and Dwayne says,
0: Why don't we just take off and go
3: someplace? I'm sick and tired of this town. You're the only friend I got here. You mean go and stay gone? So Jay said, no, I don't know.
1: So two questions about this. Is this happening at the exact same moment at the party at the pool place at Wichita Falls? This, uh, maybe it could be the same night, it could yeah. be weeks later. Who knows? Sure, I don't know. I hadn't thought about it until today, mm-hmm. but now I'm suddenly gone. Oh, I bet it's the same night, okay? And he's and JC is not there, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says, Let's go to basically, they go, Let's go to Mexico, yeah, which is always a bad plan, yes, me. it is. You're depressed and say, Hey, I got an idea, <laughs> let's go to Mexico, yeah. And they get go out, get in the pickup truck. And there is Sam in front of the pool hall.
0: You going all the way to Mexico tonight in this old heap of junk? (laughs) God, Reckon the town get along without us till Monday? Oh, I reckon. If I was young enough to bounce that far, I'd go with you.
1: Ask if they need any money. They say no. He gives them some money for insurance.
0: Take money below that border. It sort of melts (laughs) sometimes.
1: My guess is if the Sam line hadn't given them the money, they might not have gotten out of Mexico. Maybe.
0: And try not to drink too much of that buggy water. Oh, uh, we'll just drink beer and tequila. <laughs> you catch a clap, you wish you hadn't
1: drunk nothing. You remember when I said that uh, Ben Johnson didn't want to do the movie because it was too dirty? Yeah. That was the line. Oh, he didn't want to say the clap. <laughs> well, different time. Yeah. Different vibe. He said, my mom's going to watch this. Yeah. <laughs> It's okay if I kill somebody. Sure. As a, in the, a western. But to say but I can't the word. Say clap. <laughs> um, and then there's a long pause, a long pause. Yeah. And they look at Sam, and Sam looks at both of them very pointedly. It is an amazing look. Yeah. This is one of those moments on film where you go like, I don't know what's happening, what Ben Johnson is doing, yeah. What the camera is doing, or the lighting or whatever, but there is so much in that look. Yeah. It's like a dad. And he says, Well, and here's the thing. He's dying. Yeah. I think he knows he's dying. Right. I think he's looking at them for the last... I mean, he is looking at them for the last time. But I think part of him knows it.
0: Oh, well. We'll see you.
1: And they drive off. And the camera stays on Sam as they drive away. In the book, you go to Mexico. Oh, wow. I am glad they cut it. Yeah. There's some weird stuff that goes on. (laughs) Okay. I mean, you know, it's like... uh, It's not like the heifers. Right, right, right. But what the sexual sort of stuff they see in, in Mexico, it's good it's not in the Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, by the way, I looked it up because I'm a strange person. Yeah. Uh, Laredo, Mexico, was 501 miles away from Archer City. So that is how far they had wow. to go. It's yeah. a long drive. Yeah. Um, there and back. And yeah. I, but okay, the other thing I love about them not actually showing going to Mexico is it, when we come back and you see the sombrero in the front seat, yeah. and you cut to Sunny driving, it tells you all you need mm-hmm. to know. He does such a perfect job of acting the hungover alcohol sickness. I've got the sweats. I could throw up at any moment. I have to stay awake and keep driving. Yeah. It's perfect. Yeah, okay. you know, <laughs> um, Dwayne's asleep. They pull into town. You know, he his says his stomach is still upset, and they're going to head to the diner to get some food.
0: Close. Yeah? I've never seen her clothes before. Not even for Christmas.
1: And they go, well, maybe Sam will have something. So they head to the pool hall. Pool hall is locked. The town is totally deserted. It's totally empty.
0: Hey, Andy. It's a wonder somebody don't steal the town. Hey, where is everybody? Oh, yeah, y'all been gone, ain't
1: you? And this is as little bedside manner as any human can have.
0: Sam died yesterday
1: morning. Mm. Now, you didn't know this was coming.
2: No. I had no idea why this happened i thought it was going to be something else right and then when it happened i let out an audible no you know i let it yeah. out as i was watching
1: it because i was so heartbroken by it you know he is such a presence in the movie mm-hmm. and you just had that scene yep with the speech and the pause staring at yep. them before they went to mexico yeah and there's a feeling like he is the the core the moral center yeah. the anchor And, like, what's going to happen to these people now that Sam the Lion's gone? Right. You know, who's going to take care of them? Who's going to help point them the right way? Yeah. Sam the Lion?
0: Yep. Sam's
1: dead. He was quite a feller. Um, And I love how Bogdanovich films this, which is we're not even really looking at Andy. We're just sticking with Sonny. Yep. You know, and he looks up at the traffic light, and he's just kind of sitting there taking it all in. And then we hear about the will.
0: They found his will. Craziest thing you ever heard. He left you the pool hall, sonny. What do you
1: think about that? If you imagine that you just graduated high school, and then someone just leaves you this business—yeah, one of the most important businesses in the town—he left Genevieve the diner, which makes a lot of sense. And he left that old woman who couldn't run the popcorn machine. <laughs> he he left her the picture show, which wasn't so smart.
2: Wasn't the sheriff pissed? But well, the sheriff's pissed because yeah. they didn't leave him anything. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. I think I think he's not. I think he's part of the town. And they, you know, they kind of deal with him. They work with him, whatever. But he's not beloved by the elders of the town. i have a feeling Sam knows a lot of skeletons and where they're buried.
1: Oh yeah. yeah, I totally think so. Yeah. Um, and we also hear that he left a thousand bucks to this kid Joe yeah. Bob, who we've heard a bit about, yes. who's the preacher's the son. Preacher's son. Um, we, you and I, haven't talked about him, but he left a thousand dollars. Nobody knows why he left that money. Yeah. And then we cut to the funeral. So in the week before shooting this funeral scene. Peter Bogdanovich's father passed away totally unexpectedly. Oh, my God. Yeah. So he had to fly back to New York, oh. go to the funeral. And then the day he flew back to Texas, he had to film this funeral. Stay on the line. Jesus. Right? Yeah. I mean, that is a that's a lot. Yep. I'd have had a, I'd have a really hard time doing that, man. This is the th- you know, I mean, those you hear those words, the show must go on. That's not an easy, that's not like yeah. a cute, funny thing. Yeah, that's what like it a, really means. It yeah, means yeah. like, okay, this shit happened. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I've I had, not at that level, but mm. like, I mean, I remember um, when my dad came to set of the is when he was dying of ALS. Yeah. He wasn't in the wheelchair yet. I think he was, but he's definitely having trouble walking. Sure. And I remember like welcoming him to the set and showing him around the set, and then I had to go back to work.
2: Yeah. You know? Yeah.
1: Um. This is beautifully shot. Yeah. And you could totally see the John Ford, you know? Yes. Yeah. yeah. good point. And we see Sonny who's next to Billy and Billy's just smiling because he doesn't understand. Yeah. He doesn't get it. And again, we have the thing with the hat. And this is what I mean of like, you take a meaningless gesture and then as you repeat it, yeah, it takes on meaning, you know, it becomes important and mm-hmm. heavy. And we see Ruth there and she looks over at Sonny and smiles.
2: Yeah.
1: And then we cut to Lois who is dressed in white yeah. at the funeral and she's crying. Yeah. Did
2: you suspect? Yes. At that point, when she's crying, I started to suspect. I wasn't fully there, but I started to suspect, like, why is she crying so much? What is going on here? Is there a backstory with them? I didn't put two and two together, but I was starting to sense that there was something more, obviously, between them. Because she's the only one showing
1: real emotion. I... I don't think I suspect it at all. <laughs> wow. But I also think this is a perfect, this is perfect setup. Yeah, of course. You know what I mean? And it's the one where if 3% or 5% or 10% figure it out at this moment, that's great. Yeah. And if and, and if you don't and you figure it out later when it, they tell you, then you go back and think of this moment yeah. and it's great, yep. you know? Agreed. And JC's there and they lower the coffin down and then Lois, before the end of the ceremony, turns and walks away. Yeah. And and the shot is, so normal, you know what the rule of thirds is? Mm, no, please tell. So the rule of thirds is like a basic photography idea, which is if you were to divide, if you picture the, the rec- rectangle of, a, of an image, mm-hmm. and you were to divide it in lines at thirds going mm-hmm. vertically and horizontally you generally put the horizon. If you want a shot that's really about the sky, you put the horizon at the bottom third. Mm. If you want a shot that's about the ground, you put it at the top third. Yeah. And those corner points where the lines intersect are key spots for visuals. So if you look at the greatest cinematography of all time frequently, if you put that grid on top of the image, you will yeah. see that someone's face is right on the corner oh, wow. of those lines. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like one of the most basic photography huh. framing tricks um, I'll, I'll, I'll say, you know what we'll do? There's a couple of really good YouTube videos that demonstrate oh, how cool. this works. I'll, I'll put them up. Sounds good. Um, but this shot, he doesn't obey the rule thirds, which is a very John Ford thing, which mm-hmm. is that the, the horizon line is like a, a, down at a sixth. It's really low. Right. The image is almost all sky. And it's totally right out of a John yeah. Ford movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're off on the senior picnic. <laughs> Another shot, I cannot believe this was taken out of the film. Mm-hmm. This wasn't it because what we see is all the kids are laughing and having a good time, except for Sonny in the backseat of the car as they drive by the tank where he had that scene with Sam and he's crying. Yeah, I can't believe they took that out of this movie. Mm. And we go to the motel and Dwayne is combing his hair. By the way, the senior trip in the book, they go to San Francisco. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But this, they just go out of town somewhere. Yeah. And he knocks on the door and we hear come in and he goes into the motel room and there is JC. Yeah. And they kiss, they tell each other they love each other. Uh, they sit down on the bed, she undoes her top. <laughs> Jeff Bridges' look of amazement <laughs> when he sees JC topless. <laughs> it's so good. It's it's great. <laughs> um, and then she says, Hurry. <laughs> yeah. And man, he hurries. His clumsy fumbling around, ripping off boots and all that jazz. Oh. And we know it so they have decided because because Bobby Sheen yes. said. You can come back when you're not a virgin. Yeah. Now Dwayne gets to have sex. Right, right. That is that is what's happening here, which is just so. But then and then he gets on top of her. All is fair in love and war, man. And and a, it's not. No, <laughs> I don't think that. That's, such a, that's one of those statements of like, no, actually. Well,
2: it is because we've all done. Well, you're you're different. You're unique because you, you haven't dated around no, a lot. Of, yeah. No. So you have no idea. The yeah. best of us understand we fuck over and get fucked over that's the game sure and so that's what i'm saying is like uh when you've experienced it all you kind of go yeah all this fair in love and war and of course she's a young woman so judging her and her process and her journey is kind of not our place because we don't know the pressures from her own point of view and yeah she's using the dude to get to the other dude disguise as the other dude i know what she's doing <laughs> but um uh, but like but the same process is—we've seen guys do this as leads in other movies or whatever—and so just the game. And so for her, it kind—and of, it's what's kind of powerful about this movie is that JC has her own agency, and she has her own path that she's walking. uh, And some people get shattered on the rocks, and. What's-her-face warned about that in the diner? She said JC's one of those yeah. girls. She knows, because she's a beautiful girl, young, and she probably has that kind of wandering eye. It's danger.
1: Well, yeah. and so so many thoughts. Yeah. Um, on the all's fair in love and war. Mm. Here's what I'll say. It's mm-hmm. like you might be, uh, there are things that people do all the time, and yes. you accept that people do them. That doesn't make them fair. <laughs> you know, and fair means that that's okay, and that's not what this is. So it's like okay. people head headbutt in the clinch in a boxing match, <laughs> That totally happens. And yes. if you're gonna be a boxer, you have to be aware of that and protect yourself from that. And maybe you're even gonna choose to do that. Right. But it's not fair. Okay. It's just a thing that happens. <laughs> so that's my opinion. Okay. Second opinion is I'm so glad you said this about JC, because you know what yeah. where, my, where my brain went yeah. is I went to Animal House. And those right. guys, and you think how many things do you see guys do yes. in those kinds of movies oh my God. where we go, Yay, he's off lied to that person so he could have right. Sex with Woo. Right, right. Because and so in that sense this is nothing that's not different at all. Yeah. She's just doing what she's doing. Yeah. The third thing about it is what's the thing about with JC is it's all so sad Yes, because it isn't going to bring her happiness. Nope. That's what, that's the thing that's different from animal house, right? In animal house, they like doing that thing and they had a good time doing the thing. And we can judge that right. it was a horrible thing that they did. JC is not heading to any direction that's going to work out.
2: For no, her. no, she's exploring all the different avenues and they're not leading to a positive yeah. ending
1: because even if she did end up with Bobby Sheen, Bobby Sheen's not going to make her happy. He's not going to be faithful. No. Oh my God. Whoa. Well, no. and just like what her mom has told her, yeah, like it isn't the fantasy you're creating about this other person is not actually going to be magical, right? You know, and definitely this is not going to be magical. Well, because, it's like you said, oh, they yeah. don't.
2: The older generation, the young generation, not listening to They're the old listening. generation. She's not listening to her mom. Her mm-hmm. mom's trying to guide her through this situation. This is a rare characterization of a mom that actually cares about her daughter, actually wants to guide her daughter in the right direction. And the daughter's not listening. That rarely happens in movies, or at least movies around this time.
1: Well, particularly the way she's guiding her. There's a lot of movies where the mom says, now, don't have sex with anybody. There's a lot of that. Yeah. But there isn't a lot of, you should have sex with him to learn that it's not important. Right. Like, you're a beautiful girl, and these are the things, and you should care about the money, and you should care about... Like, she's given her some very different advice. The harsh truths. Yeah. Yeah. And and so Dwayne is getting on top of J.C., (laughs) And it does not go well. Nope. He does not perform.
2: He didn't do any better than What's-His-Face. It was a Billy, it was a B- Billy Billy. With, with
1: the prostitute? Oh, shit. I never, never yeah. made that connection. There's but no you're difference. Right. You're right. Well, and JC's not much nicer than the prostitute. Right, about, about it afterwards. She, during. She is, yeah, true. She, is, she is rough on him. And he yeah. keeps saying, I don't know what happened. It was
3: Mexico. No telling what you got down there. I just hate you. I don't know why I ever went with you. I
0: don't know what happened.
3: Well, put your clothes on. You think I want to sit around here and look
1: at you naked? She throws the clothes at him, and it's her line. This line is amazing.
3: Uh, no, you couldn't do it. Now I'll never get to not be a virgin. What do we tell everybody? The whole class knows.
1: <laughs> so, so childish, but yeah. That's the move. But just basically, I didn't get what I wanted. Yeah, which and what she wanted was not sex with Dwayne. No, no. What she wanted was not be a virgin. Right. And and this is the other thing she wanted. This wasn't a hidden thing. No, no, no. That she and Dwayne were going into this motel room. This was everybody knew they were going in the motel yeah. room. She liked that everybody knew that she was losing her virginity right, right. now. And he starts to leave. He mm-hmm. starts to go out the door because she's mad. And she says, don't go out
3: there. They not time to do it. They know.
1: <laughs> so now she didn't get to lose her virginity. Right. But she wants to create the illusion that it happened. Of course. And then she says, I don't
3: want one soul to know. You better not tell one soul.
1: You just pretend it was wonderful. JC is so intense. (laughs) (laughs) And he goes out. And of course, everyone is looking. Yeah. And then the girls run into the room. And there's JC sitting on the bed looking dreamy, (laughs) bliss filled. And they ask what it was like. And she says, I
3: just can't describe it. I just can't describe it in words.
1: Which is all a lie. It's all,
2: yeah. I'd like to meet somebody who had a great first time. It's not oh, easy. No, no,
1: no. I, I, I <laughs> nobody. So, sits there bathed in light. What, you want to, want to hear the advice I got after my first time? <laughs> oh, Sure. So the first person I told was my old friend Jeff Johnson, mm-hmm. and I went to him and I said, "Hey, I just you know I lost my virginity," and and he said, and he said, "How was it?" And I went, um, "You know, it was you know, because <laughs> this is my first time." Yeah. And this is what Jeff said in his wise, sage, seventeen-year-old yeah. words. He said, "Listen." having sex is a great way to spend an afternoon. <laughs> he said, it's better than video games. It's better than going to a movie. Yeah. But it's not, don't think of it as magical. It's just a great way to spend an afternoon. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Which is kind of the lowest advice. Mm. And I still remember hearing that at 17 and going, okay, <laughs> that, seems, that seems right. Yeah. Um, we see someone playing a piano and we are graduating from high school. And then Dwayne, who's next to JC, says, I can do it now. I know I can. (laughs) Cut to back to the motel. Yeah. And they walk out, and it's clear that this time they did do it. Yeah. Dwayne is thrilled. Yeah, of course. This is the best. And she is not happy.
3: Oh, quit prison. I don't think you did it (laughs) right (laughs) anyway.
1: It, it it's, it's funny there's a theme that goes throughout the book yeah. that's clear which is basically about the female orgasm okay. is that it Ruth with the squeaky bed um, oh, yeah. is that there's there's a lot of hurt like Ruth is thinking there's this thing I could get to but I can't get to it right that's her thoughts right. and this is what's going on with JC as well is there's this thing that I'm trying to get to right and it doesn't happen with Dwayne at this time Hello. Jason? What's on your feeble mind
0: Dwayne? It's been on a
3: date. Uh huh. Why don't you just go back to Mexico? I guess girls are just easier to please down
0: there. That's rough. Yeah. She got what she wanted. Now she's done. Yep. Yeah. Just
2: go there once more. Just one more time. You can at least see me. Uh uh. You found somebody else to pester. I've got a new
3: boyfriend. And I can't be talking. What new boyfriend? Who? Bobby Sheen, of
1: course. Bobby Sheen? Now, is she Bobby Sheen's girlfriend? No. Have they gone on a date? Have they had sex? Nope. I don't think so either. She's just decided that that's now what's going to happen. He's not a high school kid, is he, Bobby? I think he is. I is th- he? Or maybe he's a year older or something. He's a year older. He's yeah. older in some way
2: because yeah. like, the fact that she's running around thinking that because he said something in the kitchen is somehow making her his girlfriend is some childish stuff. And oh, yeah. He, he, he hasn't even thought
1: about her twice since she yeah. left the kitchen, probably. Uh, at the pool hall, Dwayne hangs up the phone, grabs a pool ball, throws it at the wall, dents the wall. <laughs> They didn't know it was going to dent the wall. Oh, crap. <laughs> so just like, wait, pool balls are heavy. I was like, yeah. what are you thinking? Because they're just in the real location. Jeff Bridges. <laughs> um, and now we, we cut to later. He's got a suitcase because he's leaving town to go be a, a roughnecker. Yeah. To go because he's not dating JC anymore. Right. And the last thing he says is,
3: hey, listen, you hear they busted up. Let me know.
1: The thing is, Sonny doesn't let him know. No. My feelings about Sonny are, are continuing to evolve. And not in a good way. All is fair and love yeah. and warm, man. <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep going. <laughs> you know, we could do a whole short on that That statement. sounds good. Yeah. I'm down. There's a lot of stuff in there. J.C.'s <laughs> <laughs> watching TV, and she is bored. Yeah. And who walks into the house but Abilene. Yes. She
3: home? No. Your and Mama went to
1: the club. Because this is what's weird. J.C. knows that her mom's having an affair with Abilene. Oh, yeah. That is real public knowledge. He's She's very aware of it. Yeah. Yes. What do you
0: turn home on a Saturday night? Bobby
3: Sheen ran off and got
2: married. She's just a series of disappointments.
1: Oh, yeah. Her life. I'm not saying she. Her life is a series of
2: disappointments at this point.
1: <laughs> well, and it's kind of what mom said at the beginning, which is that it's because she's putting her energy in places. Yes. That are destined to disappoint her. Yes. That is not where you... But- you can't
2: know until you experience it, right? And that's, the, sadly, the part of the game. Well, and that's what this movie is.
1: Yeah. That's what makes this movie so, is you watch these people making these choices, you understand why they're making them. Yeah. And you're like, oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. That's I, This movie is hard. But I, do you understand that because you're older, or do you, would you think, if we saw this movie at 18, would you have really understood it? would I have understood the movie or would I have understood why people were making the choices they were making?
2: No. Would you understand the tragedy of the choices they were making? Or would you go along with their choices? That's the thing. I wonder what the experience is like if we we were 16, 17 and watched it for the first time. Do we go along with the younger people's choices and get
1: them? I would say it's sort of, in the. I think, in the middle. And I I wish I could go, because I probably saw it at 23 or 24 the first time. And it certainly had a strong effect on me. I am certain I knew that some of these were bad choices. (laughs) But I'm also certain that I didn't understand what it was saying about the older generation and where these lives were going and that the depth of the communication that aren't happening. I didn't get that at all. Yeah, yeah, like I, I was moved by what happens with Ruth Popper mm-hmm. and her performance at the end. I'm sure got to me. Yeah, but I didn't. I couldn't understand it right. the way I can understand it today. Yeah, you know. Right. Great point. Turn the TV
3: off. No, I'm going to go play some pool. Just tell your
0: daddy they're
3: well, Kim I wish I could go to the pool hall. I've always wanted to. It's terrible things girls aren't allowed to do.
1: Is she? Already consciously deciding that she wants to have an affair with this guy, or is she toying with, flirting with him, with Abilene? Yeah. Oh yeah. She, From the as, moment he comes in, as soon as
2: Bobby is gone, there she has got like she is trying to somehow regain control of something. Abilene coming in, I think in that moment the idea sparks, and you can see it. This is some really great acting from Sybil Shepherd. It's there. It's subtle, but it's there. And Abilene knows it's happening because he's been around the block a few times or been around a few oil wells. Uh, and so I think this is just a game between both of them where he lets her think she has control Until they get into the bedroom, they have the sex, and then boop, he's done with her. And so, to me, I think he knows how this game's going about, so he knows how to play it because he's been because he's had such experience with it. Um, and she's like, kind of now that she's had sex, there's a different approach to
1: it, you know. Um, so. They talk about her going to the pool mm-hmm. hall and he's going and he's got keys. And right. Like, oh, and, and it's so weird. I'm sure watching the first time particularly, particular going like, oh no. Yeah, it looks like unsettling. what? What's going to happen here? Right. The other thing that's going on is she and Clue Guliger, who yeah. plays the part, Sybil did not get along with him. Oh. And so, wait. Sybil Shepherd didn't get along with somebody. else. know, on the set? right?
2: That is unheard of. By the way,
1: I, I, we ca- I think we kind of hinted at this, but I don't think we really said it. I don't think either of us are Sybil Shepherd fans. I, I'm not. It's not that I'm not a fan of hers. I'm a fan of her work.
2: That's for I'm sure. I'm a fan of some of it, um, but you know, hearing how, some of those stories with her and Bruce Willis, who, by the way, didn't turn out to be the He's best guy. He's not the easiest either. guy. Yeah. So you know, you just hear about it multiple. And Bransky didn't have positive things to say about it or his ex- her his experience with Sybil either. So.
1: I, I have never been, it's not that I th- think that she was a bad mm. actor, it's, but she's never been someone like, oh, Sybil Shepard's in that, I want to see it. Yeah. I think she's phenomenal in this movie. She's
2: in the Sharon Stone camp for me. Where mm. that When she's good, she's good. Yeah. But
1: you also know that there's a lot of drama involved in working with someone like this. So she's not getting along with Clue, so mm-hmm. what does Peter Bogdanovich do? He shoots Clue stuff? sends him off the set, and Peter Bogdanovich is acting with her off camera. What? Yeah. Wow. Which apparently happened a a fair amount. Do you know that happened in El Cid? No. Oh, I do know that they didn't get along. Charlton
2: Heston and Sophia Loren hated each other throughout the whole thing. So they constantly were doing little things, kind of like Steve McQueen and Yul Brynner, little things to one-up each other and not be in the same frame or not Mm. be in the same position in the same frame. Uh, when they were shooting stuff. It's fascinating to hear about people
1: not liking each other and having to do a romance in a movie. It's crazy. Well, and that in this case, you have an actor who's never acted before. Yes. And the director's to give her a lot of help. Yeah. And so he's rehearsing privately with Sybil Shepard yeah. a lot. Mm. And now he's playing romantic scenes off camera with her. Right. And they decide to go off to the pool hall. Goodness,
3: sure is dark in here.
1: And she picks up a cue. And he walks over to her, and the camera is kind of over her, and he's silhouetted, and he kind of moves over above her. And in the theatrical release, that is the end of the scene. Right. It's just he moves in on her, and we don't see what happens. Yeah. But in, and I'm glad they put this back in. Yeah. uh, Because the way that he seduces her, Mm -hmm. you know, moves, puts the stick around her Mm -hmm. to pull her close, you know, puts a blanket on the pool table. Yeah. Like he's not. There's no hesitation with Abilene.
2: He's been to a few oil wells, like I said. He's yeah. been around the block, he knows, he knows how to drill. Yep, he
1: knows how to drill. <laughs> and he lifts her up on the on the pool table. Um, I don't even know if he would have kissed her if she didn't kiss him. No way. Yeah. No way. He and, knows what he's doing too,
2: because this is a way of getting back at at what's her face uh, her her mom. Um. Oh, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Because Abilene, I mean, she flicked him off or whatever, or maybe. She's getting clingy or whatever. So his is way of like, you know, I'm just going to mess with it.
1: Well, the last thing that we heard, saw is that uh, mom called Abilene and said, "Hey, you want to have some sex?" and he turned her down. Right. And and so here is the daughter going all the way with him, and it's 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 just beautifully shot. And what's funny, you know, we've talked about the there's no nudity in this one. Yeah, we talked about the nudity being boring or non-sexual or right. funny or uncomfortable or you know, like the the pool scene where she's on the dining board. Yeah, that yeah. is uncomfortable and like, how do I feel about this? Yeah. This one is sexier in some ways and even more uncomfortable Yeah, because you're like, oh, this is terrible. What's happening? Yeah. It also, by the way, you know, I talked about the idea of the orgasm. It's, yeah. It is very clear in the book that she has, this is good sex for her. Wow. Oh yeah. This oh, is the, this is the awakening. This is the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, you know, I mean, Abilene's got to be a lot different from Dwayne. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> you know, it's true. It's later. Um, oh, by the way, when they re- put this in in the 90s, they didn't yeah. have audio for this. So Sybil Shepard had to come in oh. and do breaths for the sex to put the audio in. So 20 years older. Oh, my know. God. That's um, hilarious. Uh, he drives her home. And she says, and it's such like you could see that she wrote this line in her head. Mm-hmm. You know, she says,
3: what a night. I never
0: thought something like this would
1: happen. And she goes to kiss him because it's all romantic. She's like, get frame this in this romantic way. And he won't kiss her and says,
0: how about hopping on?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is. <laughs> She's getting some
2: harsh lessons about yeah. sex and how men use sex as well. Yeah. yeah,
1: Terrible. And then this is what makes it more terrible. It is very clear that Lois, her mom in the house, recognizes the sound yep. of the car. She jumps up. Yeah. Abilene is here. And so when her daughter enters, she knows. Yep. That is a fucking thing.
2: And once again, what a mom. Because she doesn't go, how could you take something mine, you idiot. You know, She feels sympathy for her and sorry for her. Why? Because this was a woman who used to run wild naked in the water with yep. horses. Yep. So she understands. She's such a incredibly
1: unique character in the world of film, man. I totally agree. But there's also a moment at the end of the scene which mm. is like, huh. Because, mm. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, and she doesn't, even if we put aside the fact that the, she, that her daughter slept with the guy that yeah. she wants to sleep with, she could have laid into her, you would expect her to lay into her daughter for just sleeping with an older man. Sure. Like, what Absolutely. the hell's wrong with you? Yeah, right. You yeah. know, um, but she does neither of those things. And, and what's interesting too, JC doesn't hide what happened. Yeah, no.
3: What do you feel
1: with him? So it's an acknowledgement, an open acknowledgement mm-hmm. that I just had sex with the person that you have sex with. Yeah. That is crazy. Yeah. And she is really comforting to JC. Yeah. Bobby was the last one.
3: Mm-hmm. I'm just going to be an old man, mm-hmm. honey. That's just the way it goes sometimes. You know, you win a few, you lose a
1: few. By the way, this is another, it's all one shot. Oh, wow. There's a lot of them in here. They're not super showy. Right, right, right. But there's like, this is some good acting. Mm-hmm. You need to be good to pull off these scenes all in one shot.
0: I want to tell you something? What I've done has not worked out too well. I think maybe we better think of something else for you. Huh? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Which I think is this great admission. Mm-hmm. But then this is where I go. Okay, we've said she's being warm and supportive, right. and she's being a good mom. But then she says,
0: "Right now, I guess Ruth Popper's got about as good a setup as Ruth anyone."
1: Why does she say this at this moment? Well, because she
2: knows, right? She you know, knows the, what?
1: the situation with Ruth and oh, obviously she right, knows. Right? Why is she telling her daughter this? <sighs> I don't know. Why do you think is doing it? Because I think she p- plans for her daughter to hook up with Sonny. Oh. She says because and her daughter doesn't know what's going on.
2: I thought it. I thought it meant more that Sonny is like really devoted to Ruth, and so it's a better
1: situation. Well, that is certainly than true. She has with Abilene. That is uh, that is definitely. See, this is why I yeah. go like you could totally interpret it as right. just going. Right, man, I should have been sleeping with a guy like Sonny rather than or, or Ruth Popper's got it figured out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then she also just kind of dangles Sunny. Didn't even think about that because what okay. happens is she yeah. says.
3: Oh, don't you know about?
0: It's been going on about six months now.
1: I thought you kids knew oh, everything. it's the silliest thing I ever heard of. She's 40 years old. Oh, so am I, honey. It's kind of an itchy age. <laughs> That's a fucking great line. <laughs> I mean, I'm certain that there's a lot of women who hear that line and go, yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and again, this is something he's never been on film. Yeah. You know, a 40-year-old woman talking to her daughter about 40 being an itchy age. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is a- after her daughter just had sex with the man that she's having an affair with right this is the 70s man i don't believe it
3: sonny's always want to go with me
1: that's where i go did mom just dangle sonny did she just like put him out there as an alternative and and maybe this is something people listening to the podcast maybe you have opinions on it was this done on purpose was mom just thinking about ruth and how that's good for her Mm -hmm. or was mom purposely dangling sonny because she knew that jc was going to go as even as revenge on her daughter.
2: Yeah, but I think it's I think if she cares about her daughter, why would she put her into a situation where she I, knows
1: her daughter's going to have a loveless marriage or a loveless relationship? Well, and that it's I mean, we see where it's going to yeah. end up. So I agree. I yeah. think it's totally it's an odd moment. Yeah. Um and then we go into this sequence that's really weird. I am not going to spend too much time on mm. it, but uh, we hear that this kid, Joe Bob, that Sam had left a thousand bucks to, yeah. has grabbed the little daughter of someone, and they're afraid that he's going to molest her. Yeah. And the sheriff and a whole bunch of people, including Sonny, go find this guy with this little girl in the car. Yeah, It is weird. It is weird. Yeah. Um, but he did molest her. He. He, he asked her to take her panties yeah, down. No, absolutely. 100%. That's a molest. Yes, yeah, it's 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Whether
2: he's physically touched her or not yeah. is irrelevant. The
1: yeah. molestation is there. And, yeah. and the way it's handled and discussed, again, it's a different era. Right, right. But, like, but, mo- but I mean, how gutsy, why are we putting this subplot in there, Steve? I don't know.
2: What is the point of the subplot if you're, like, it's odd to
1: me. And it's all in the book. Yeah. And they do, but they. it's the same in the book. I mean, yeah. so it's still, like, I, I almost go, like, this is um, uh, Larry McMurtry's hometown yeah, and maybe he just this is something that happened.
2: Yeah, I don't know. Kind it's of weird. Expose it, yeah,
1: um, but we're back uh, after this, and there's by the way, there's a shot of the sheriff and a bunch of people super close on all of their faces in a group. Mm-hmm. It is such an Orson Welles shot. Yeah, like it's. And I I wrote down touch of evil, and then I listened to Bogdanovich on the commentary track. And he said this was his tribute to Magnificent Ambersons.
2: But what does he say about that scene with the, with the kid? He didn't, he didn't say anything. That's mind blowing. Because, I mean, you can make the correlation that it's an older kid abusing a young girl, same thing as Abilene just did to, to, yeah. to JC. Um, and what may and, and not necessarily what Ruth is doing, obviously, to, to Sonny, but like this idea of young, of old with young. Old needing young, old wanting young, um, and she just said it's an itchy age. So I wonder. Not that I'm not trying to correlate obviously, but I'm saying you can make a correlation there possibly. Though odd that Peter didn't say anything in the in the document. Or, I don't
1: think he really did. And it, yeah. I mean, maybe I missed it too. But the no, uh, I doubt it. Um, the the other thing. I think is that a lot of this movie is about the underbelly, yeah, it's about that, what you don't see. That's fair. too. You know, me. is yeah. that there are all these in people. the small towns. Well, and in particular, that this is the the son of the preacher, right? And in the book, it's a, there's a little bit more. Like he he is supposed to become a preacher, and he is going and preaching oh, yeah. and doesn't have faith. Yeah, so maybe it's a yeah. shot
2: at religion. Maybe it's a shot, at, a subtle shot at religion here. Yeah,
1: and by the way, as they grab him, the his father is yelling at him and like he's going to go to hell and all. Yeah, this. yeah, yeah it's, yeah. it's weird. It's really it really weird. Really weird. The mom wants to kill him. Yeah. And then as we're hearing talk about this there is JC in the convertible calling to Sunny.
3: Mhm. "Are you terrible Sunny? Were you there? Did you see anything?"
1: So she went right from finding out Sunny is yeah. sleeping with Ruth Popper yeah. to now she is interested in Sunny. It's true. It
3: scares me to death. You just never can tell when something terrible is going to
1: happen. Basically her play is that she's scared mm-hmm. and wants him to Go on a drive with him. Yeah. And and she even puts her hand on his hand. Right. It is very, very clear what she's doing. She manipulates it, yeah. I felt
3: lonesome. Thought you might want to drive around a while. Uh, supposed to be someplace.
1: Where is the place he's supposed Ruth. to be? Ruth. Ruth. And she's looking right into camera, yeah. which is which? Uh, Bogdanovich says is a Hitchcock trick. Mm. That he's not looking right at camera. She's looking right into camera. So it feels like she's looking right into us. Mm-hmm. And we know when she squeezes his hand, yep. he's not going to resist. And this is the thing. So here is so, I it's not that I thought what Sonny did in this movie was okay. Yeah, I never thought that. Right. But I think I in first watching it gave him more like, well, things are just happening to him. And watching this time, I'm mm-hmm. like, no, you're in charge of your own self. Well, sure. He could have stood up when the thing with Billy was happening. Yeah. You know, he could have. There's all sorts of things. He, yes, he. He's having an affair with this older woman. He's not a victim there. He's making choices. He didn't have to go out with JC right now. But he's
2: still a teenager. man. Of course. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Of course. Yes, he's responsible for his own choices.
2: Absolutely. But, you know, when you're coming into your own sexually, there's a lot of weird stuff you're going to do.
1: If Hot Girl had come to me and put her hand on me and said, do you want to go driving? I'd be like, yes. Yes, I do. Um,
2: well, but yeah, but Ruth is a foul. Val- I mean, like, the fact this is going on for six months, Steve, yeah. this is not a betrayal of sneaking around. This no. is
1: six months. Yeah, you know. Well, so, yeah. and she is re wallpapering the room. Yeah, Ruth is. Probably, I'm sure it's blue. Yeah, because that's his favorite color, and she's waiting for him to come over.
2: Do you think there's a narrative dropping of the ball here that we don't get anything from the coach? I do. Like, there's no scenes with her and the coach. The coach seems to have no problem with this. Other than that scene later on, where he completely ignores him, um, when he comes back to the co- to high school, uh, it seems odd. The coach does nothing here. Or we, I no think, scene with him.
1: Well, because we hear that if he f- found out, he's going to shoot us. Yes, you know, like so. I no. I think it's no totally to weird. Oh. Well, this is the, the, that's the thing, and we hear it, the whole town knows. Yeah, yeah. I think it is weird. Yeah. Um, is uh, there anything uh, of that in the book? No. Really? there's no more there's no there's a little more hitting on the fact mm-hmm. that the coach is into young men yeah uh, a little more but not that much mm-hmm. but no I don't think there's more about the coach
2: oh I don't think there's yeah more. maybe you're meant to infer that he we wouldn't have a problem with it because he's gay
1: I don't know i I don't see him as a because I think his he puts a lot into his manliness how yes people he think does. he's a man so yeah. he knew that the the whole town knew that this kid is yeah. uh, is fucking his wife, I don't think he would be okay with it. Right, him. he'd be embarrassed. Yeah, 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 yeah the yeah. shame of it. He yeah. would have to show how manly he was true. by killing him or kick, kicking <laughs> the shit out of him. <laughs> yeah, you know. So we're out driving, and JC asks about Dwayne.
3: I guess I'll always be a little bit in love with Dwayne. We just had too much against us. <laughs>
1: it's not, not, nothing in here is true. No. It
3: wasn't easy being the one to break
1: up. And then she snuggles up with him.
2: I love when people say that. You know, it was tough for me to leave that person, too. Yeah. Was
1: it? Well, and, and I love that she's do, she, she thinks that this is a way to make it okay for Sonny to fool around with her. Oh, of course. Because she still cares about Dwayne. Yeah. It's
2: weird. She's coming into her power as a person, irrelevant of gender, who can manipulate a
1: situation to get what she wants. Yeah. yeah. And they where do they pull up to? The tank. Yeah. The same place that Sam the Lion was with that young wild girl. Here's a question.
2: Yeah. Do you think uh, Lois has ever told J.C. about being young and wild, going naked
1: in the pool? No. And... no. I don't. Not. What, I don't think she's told him about Sam the Lion. Why are they at the tank? Because Sonny drove. Oh, so maybe he wants to have this experience with her. I, I, I don't know. Interesting. Okay. Well, and, and, well, and what did what did Sam the Lion say? He said it would be ridiculous not to go after a girl like that. Yeah,
2: yeah, right, right. You know? That's true. He get, yeah,
1: you know, and so, so that's <laughs> good point. It, it's it's funny though because Lois is the girl. Obviously, we've already revealed mm-hmm. that. Is that I think Lois and Sam. Lois was being who she was at that moment. Mm-hmm. It was on it was honest. Oh yeah, it was all truthful. Yeah. Nothing about this situation with JC is truthful. Right. Exactly. JC's not being who she is. Right. right. You know. Well. Unless she's a manipulative little person. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but, but it is this isn't making her happy. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like True. she's not joyfully just she's right. following a plan to go after a fantasy that she thinks will make her
2: happy. Right. She's trying to reclaim some power back into her life.
1: Yeah. Um and we hear Blue Velvet. Again, we're listening to pop music, not country music. <laughs> yeah, Bobby Vinton. Um and <laughs> which by the way, I can't not associate it of with course. the movie now. Of course. Um so it's always a really weird song in my head, <laughs> and she moves in basically very clear what she wants for the kiss. Yeah, and he swallows and he's scared, and then he goes with it. Yeah, and then we cut to a little bit later, and he's you know they're really hot and heavy, and she says,
3: Here. I'm told, screwing cars."
1: <laughs> Which, by the way, that is not saying no, right? That is saying later, right?
3: I don't like to hurry.
0: Why don't we go to Wichita and get a motel
1: room? I'm
3: afraid to right now. I think my folks are watching me. They know I don't want to go to college. They might think we're going to run off and get married.
1: Again, she's planting seeds and ideas. I
3: want to all summer.
1: This is the first thing Sybil Shepherd shot in the film. Oh wow. And Bogdanovich said he would never do it again that way. Oh, okay. It's too much. And I agree. Like having someone do the makeout scene. It's a lot. And it's also, remember, she had hooked up with Jeff Bridges in oh, it, when, right. right when they started shooting. Right. And we also hear that right at the beginning of the shoot, Tim, Rob, Tim Robbins, Tim oh. Bottoms had a huge crush on her. Oh. And this is the first thing they shot together. Wow. So that all kind of makes sense. Yep. And Ruth is sitting on the bed in a pretty dress. Just waiting. Okay. This scene, Dwayne and Sonny. Dwayne's got a new car. Right. The way they shot this is he just rehearsed each piece for each shot. So I'm going to have the camera here and you're going to do these three lines. Right. Then you're going to move here and I'm going to move the camera there and you do these three lines. A lot of people think that's how you make a movie. It's never how you make a movie. (laughs) This is the wrong, this is technically the wrong way to do it because you don't know that everything's going to match. What you do is you do you shoot more of it and you do coverage. So you duplicate what you're doing from multiple angles and then you can edit it together. Yeah. If you just shoot that and then for those lines and that for those lines, they have to cut together. Yeah. If they don't cut together, the whole scene doesn't work. Right. Um. And so they start to shoot it and the script supervisor and the DP come to him and is like, aren't you gonna shoot a master? And he goes, and this is what Bogdanovich says. He says, what's a master? <laughs> I don't believe it. There's no way he said it was with John Ford yeah. or whatever, he doesn't know what a master shot is. That's ridiculous. Yeah. And he said, again, this is where we go like, these stories that we tell on the cinephiles, these are the things that I heard yeah, or right, right, you heard right. from a director or an actor. That doesn't make them the truth. Exactly. It's just this is the story. And what he says is that the script supervisor, as because script supervisors take notes of what you shot and what the camera angles are. The, he says the script supervisor wrote in the script shot under protest. (laughs) Which, again, I don't believe that anyone would do that. That's just as bizarre. Hear about
0: Joe Bob? Yeah. I always knew he was crazy. He didn't do nothing. Except get her to take her underpants off. He's out of jail now. Yeah.
1: And then you feel slowly. Oh,
2: I say I feel it from the when they're outside. From the beginning of this scene, I can sense that, uh so uh, Dwayne is buttering Sonny up yeah. to get to a moment where he's gonna confront him about this.
0: You know, Lero last week he said he thought uh you and Jace had been going together a little.
1: And this is where you just go, uh uh. Yeah. Oh man, what's gonna happen?
0: Yeah, we have little. She's been kinda bored, so once in a while we go out eat Mexican food or something.
1: So he's trying, you know, he's putting out the sort of minimal yeah thing.
3: Well here, that ain't all you've been eating.
1: And it just it keeps building. Yeah. It's a really good scene. Yeah. And what, the way Peter Bogdanovich shot it cuts together perfectly. Yeah. It really does. Uh, and, and what's so funny is Dwayne is playing the I'm not mad right. thing when, of course, he's real mad. Oh, yeah. No, he's super yeah. mad. I said I don't blame
0: you for it. I don't blame you much. I thought you'd do me that way. I thought we were still best friends. We are.
1: How much has Sonny thought of his portrayal of Dwayne? I think he's
2: thought about it.
1: Yeah, yeah certainly. He's, he's
2: a conscientious guy. But when JC stand there in front of you, yeah. those thoughts go away. She's
0: not your girl anymore. She is my right? girl. I don't care we Apparently didn't break you up. I didn't even live here. I anymore. didn't make no difference. i
3: always live here. I'm getting her back. I'm telling you right now. She's going to marry me one of these days when I get a little Why bit more she money. Marry sure, she you. will.
1: And you could see the change in Sonny mm. from lying yeah. and being defensive and not wanting to hurt his friend Dwayne to him getting angry. Yeah. JC never lets you screw. You ain't that good a coxman. You never even screwed Charlene Duggs all that time you went with her. Of course I didn't. You know why?
0: Because you had to pick up all time Saturday night. That's why.
1: <laughs> and then we get to this moment.
0: She liked me just as much she ever liked you. That's a lie. I'll stay where all night one of these nights, too. She done promised.
1: So now we've turned from, yeah. the. you know, it's not being defensive anymore. It's like, right. no, I am dating her. Right. And I am going to have sex with her. That's about pride. Male yeah. pride.
3: You won't either how I will, why shouldn't I? She
2: done told me you couldn't even do it that time, Wichita Falls. What about that? Boom.
1: That is... Yeah, man. That is a low blow. That that merits a punch or yeah. a
2: bottle across the head.
1: <laughs> yeah, and what we what we do, again, we've had this shot with all these long mm. takes, long takes, long takes, and now when we do quick cutting, yeah. it's really jarring and powerful. It very much reminds me of, like, Orson Welles' cutting from Touch of Evil. Yeah. You know, where it's really disjointed. Um, and he... Hits, breaks that bottle right in his face and his eye. Yeah. And Sonny pushes him off. His eye is bloody. Again, we're in black and white. This is chocolate syrup. <laughs> Just like in Psycho. And he looks at the blood on his hand, and he has that rage moment yeah. of, oh, my God, I'm bleeding. And he goes after him <laughs> for like five seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he goes down.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and yes, Dwayne knocks him down, but he goes down because of the eye. Yeah. And he's down on the ground. His eyes all fucked up and bleeding. And the thing that really sells it is there's a twitch. Mm-hmm. When he twitches, when Sonny twitches on the ground, you yeah. go, oh, shit, yeah. this is serious. And Genevieve runs out and looks up at Dwayne and looks down at Sonny. Yeah. That's scary. I, it Because the oh, yeah. bl- bloody eye is, a, you know, it's not, t- okay, two friends piss at each other. They get in a fight. Fine.
2: Yeah.
1: The bloody eye is a big thing. Yeah.
2: Especially if glasses involved.
1: We cut to a hospital. Sonny's got a big bandage on his head over his eye. Nurse comes in and said, there's a lady in the waiting room who sent this. And we see a note, and it says, may I come in and see you a little while, Ruth? Mm-hmm. There's a long look, and Sonny says,
0: could you tell her I'll sleep?
1: And then you cut to outside and watch Ruth walking away from the hospital. Yep. Oh. Yeah, and what, look,
2: as you said about, uh, we said about uh, JC, we'll say this about Sonny. This is a manipulative situation as well. He's not confronting... The situation with Ruth, and so he thinks he can just kind of escape it by not taking any responsibility for it. Uh And you have to take responsibility
1: in a situation like this, of course. But he's again, he's a teenager. It's like well, it's like JC is. JC is actively doing things. Sonny is. He's, how- a- he's actively well, ignoring Ruth. Well, well, yeah, but he is. It's well, that's the di- the opposite. I mean, mm. like you know, if I there's a difference between doing a thing and not doing a thing his passivity is that's his that's what to criticize him about is his cowardice and passivity. right right you know what i mean but i think cowardice is an active choice this is semantic argument sure yes yeah that's what i think yeah i think i I, what what i'm saying is that i gave him more credit than he deserved yes because he's not just not doing things isn't the same as doing things i think we're saying the same thing Yeah, yeah, yeah is that what he is doing is fucked up yes agreed yeah it's the pool hall this is another Orson Welles tribute. We're in a mm-hmm. we're in a wide angle lens, so things are really big in the foreground, small in the background. Mm-hmm. We're shooting at a low angle, so the ceiling is in frame. This is all Citizen Kane stuff. Wow. And the camera's gonna slowly push in on Genevieve, and he's uh, Tim Bottoms is in the foreground eating a burger. And what he has to do is slowly sneak out of the way so that the camera can get by on the dolly. Oh, And Bogdanovich was so – and it's a really tight space. Yeah. And so Bogdanovich was super nervous that he was going to bump the camera as he sneaks out of the way. So he spent the whole shot watching Tim Bottoms instead of watching Genevieve um, (laughs) watching um, watching her do the performance. Right. And at the end of this monologue, he goes, I don't know if she was good. And then he remembered that Orson Welles told him that if it's if it sounded good, it probably looked good too. <laughs> so he because you can't, you know, today we have a video tap and you can right. just watch playback. Can't do that with film. <laughs> so he just listens to the playback from the audio tape and listens like, oh, that was pretty good. So. Brain <laughs> joined the army.
0: Good place for him, too. Oh, I was just holding that bottle. Didn't mean to hit me with it. That boy's always had meanness in him. Of course, Jace is just the kind
1: of girl who brings out
0: the meanness in the man. She's just like her
1: grandmother. Which I'm assuming is Lois's mom. Yeah. And so that means there's a whole other generation mm-hmm. with a story. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like that generation related to Genevieve and Lois and Ruth's generation in some way. Right. I didn't know to talk about
0: him anyhow. We was all good friends once. Dan Roughneck was Gene Farrell. He and Lois, they used to live in this little one-room place over the newspaper office. Lois couldn't afford a flower sack, much less a me. I've always had
1: a soft spot for her, though. I'm I am w- fascinated. You know what, if I were doing a sequel? Mm. I would want to go back in time and see Ruth, Lois, and Genevieve.
2: So a prequel of them. A prequel. Yeah, all right.
1: And Sam the Lion. Like all those stories, that sounds like real interesting. Yeah. And Ruth's decision to marry the hairy chested coach. It'd and- be a good series. Yeah. Right? Actually, yeah. yeah. A really good series. What would you call it? Uh, the First Picture Show?
2: <laughs> no.
1: Okay. No. I've never been good with titles, man. <laughs> Texasville? No. Texasville. Oh, it's the worst. I, I don't,
2: I'm don't. i kind of curious to watch it now, but I feel like it'll be like watching The Two Jakes. Uh, watch the
1: trailer. Okay. Just watch the trailer. I haven't seen the trailer in forever. And you, I swear to God, will go, I am never fucking watching <laughs> this movie. <laughs> yeah. I felt that way about Two Jakes. Um, I, saw, I saw it when it came out. Texasville or Two Jakes? Two Jakes. Okay, I never saw Texas. Oh man, Two Jakes. Two Jakes was such. I'm sure you had the same experience of like, okay, this is gonna be. This could be good. This is. Yeah. uh, uh, Oh (laughs) oh. Why are we still in the same era? Yeah. He's 20 years older than when he was (laughs) in Chinatown. What are we doing? Oh, it was ridiculous. Um, Fucking Jack and his hubris. And then Jennifer Lee's Sonny's still in the pool hall, and in comes J.C. Yeah.
3: Oh, I was so worried. I just had to see you.
0: Oh, I've been missing you. I'm a lot better than
1: I was. Which means this is the first time she's seen him since the fight. Yeah. So her saying, I just had to see you is actually saying, I totally ignored you for a fair amount of time yeah. while you were injured.
3: I just can't believe how famous we are. We're all anybody talks about in this town.
1: <laughs> this is what's this is what's important to Chasey. Yeah. It, was imp- it wasn't important that she had sex. It was important that the people outside thought that she had sex and the sex was really good. I you know? think
2: she's going to be an eternally unhappy person. Yeah. Because like, as soon as they become the talk of the town, for her it's never it's not going to be enough. Now she has to talk of the state, talk of the country, talk of the world. There's no end to fill the hole in JC for whatever reason that's well, in there.
1: I mean, there is no uh, happiness. Never comes from what other people think about you, right? Oh my you know? God, yes. That's just that is <sighs> yeah, a, a pathway to sadness. Once you learn that,
2: you can let go of so many things. Yeah,
1: because yeah. it's never it's never going to work. Yep. Because they'll never think enough of you, and people people just don't think about you that much, no. you know? Yeah, that's true. Um, and people will always think shitty things about you. There will always be people that mm. think shitty things about you. That's yeah. just what it is. Yeah. you It's the game sometimes.
3: I want us to get married. What? I really do. Get married? Just as soon as you want to. Don't you want to?
1: Why does she want them to get married?
3: That the whole town will be knocked for a loop if we do. They'll never forget it.
1: <laughs> that's why she wants to get married. Yeah. It's certainly, well, it's certainly not because she's in love with Sonny. Right, right. How? What are her feelings about Sonny? Does she th- care about him at all? No, I think he's a means to an end. Yeah, that's what I think, too. Yeah. We can run off.
3: And they'll kill us. Oh, they
1: won't. Kill me, anyhow. They'll get over it. Pretty
3: soon they'll love you just as much
1: as I do. So she's proposed, and now she pushes him into it. Yeah. He's not that excited about no. getting married. He wants to have sex with her. Right. And you know what the last thing she does in the scene is? takes his drink and and drinks through the straw out of oh, his drink. Yeah, that's right. Which is small thing. Yeah. But she drank his milkshake. She drank his milkshake. <laughs> uh, they're driving uh, in a convertible. By the way, it was really cold when they shot this. Oh, my God. Have you been in a convertible with the top down in the yes, cold? Yes, yes. It's cold. Yeah, it is. And she's like in a sundress. It was. She said this was super hard. She I was bet. freezing. I bet. Like every time they said cut her, she's sh- shivering, her teeth are rattling. And he puts his hand on her leg.
3: Don't do that, Sonny.
0: Well, why not? We're a man of wife now. We can do anything.
3: Now I'm driving, I might have a wreck.
1: It's like they just got married. Yeah. And if the woman you just married says, don't put your hand on my leg. Yeah.
2: But <laughs> once again, here's another life experience that she's unsatisfied by. Oh, yeah. The sex, The she thought the marriage, probably. she probably thought the marriage was going to be this beautiful thing and everyone's going to go crazy for it. Now that it's over, it's like, oh, you yeah. know,
1: and well, so, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean I'm mean, i sure you've had many things in your life that were like, well, when I do this, I'm oh, yeah. happy. Yeah. And then you get literally to just the other side of that and you go, huh. Yeah. I'm, I'm just still me. Yeah. It's still here. I'm,
2: in a small way, and I'll say this real quick because uh, I, you know, sometimes I want to start removing references to this in my life, but like, when I won the belt for the first time in the Schmodown against Dan, the build-up to winning the belt, the year-long build-up to that match was so intense and so incredible. And then when I won the match, just sitting there with the belt on the couch, and people came up and were like, hey, congratulations, blah, blah, blah. But then you're like, well, this is it. That's <laughs> it? This is it. Yeah. It wasn't the euphoria lasted for a few minutes or for 20 minutes tops, but then eventually it just dies down, and then it's like, well, now i got to defend this thing because everybody else is going to want it. And so, you know, the thing is that's what you realize is, like, oh, it's about the pursuit, really. Yeah. I mean, achieving it is great, and if you can't achieve it, awesome. But then once you achieve it, you've got to find a new goal,
1: and you got to start all over again. You know? so, so two things about this. How many times have you heard that exact story about people winning the Oscar? Yeah. I've yeah. heard it a lot. Yes. Of, like, I spent my whole life trying to get this thing, and now— Okay, yeah. I have this thing. It didn't lead to the thing that I thought yeah. it was going to lead to. Yeah. yeah. That's the, the other thing, and this is this took me a long time to learn this lesson. Yeah, You spend your life in process. Yes. You only have a second of achievement, right. of winning the Oscar, winning your belt, or whatever it is. That yeah, lasts yeah. mere moments. Your life is in process. Right. So the point is to enjoy the process. Yep. You know, because that's your life. <laughs> that's it. You're 100% right. Wouldn't it
3: be just awful if mom and daddy got the police after us?
1: Hmm. Which is exactly what she wants. Right. We don't
0: even know why we are.
3: Well, I had to leave my
1: note. Because she wants them to come after her. Right.
3: I wish you didn't have that stupid eye patch. It's really
1: creepy. She hates him. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, like, like now that she just married him, and she's already regretting it. Well, if you don't love yourself and you can manipulate someone
2: else, then you end up not liking that person. Because if you don't like yourself, why is that person liking you? So you think less of that person for liking you because uh, you don't like yourself.
1: Yep. That's so, all. That's yeah. all true. Yeah. It's the Woody Allen uh, Groucho Marx. I wouldn't want to yeah. belong to any club that would have me as a member. Yeah, exactly. Joke. Yep. Oh my goodness, you're
3: sitting so close I can barely drive.
1: And it's funny because in the previous car with them driving, she snuggled up to him. Right. You know, this is her Abilene moment. You can just hop out. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Yes. This is
2: totally.
1: Mm-hmm. You can. And that's she is set up for yeah. him to hop out
2: because she sees him as lesser than
1: him. Her. Yep. She sees him as less than her. So you just hop out. Yeah. So they're driving later. She sees a cop car, and the cop car just goes past, mm-hmm. and you see her face disappointed, and you see her look in the rearview mirror, and you see the cop car stop and turn around. And she is happy, yeah, because this is what she
2: wanted. What 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 nonsense, man! Yeah, it's
1: crazy. And they get pulled over, and the cop basically says, "You know, I'm not arresting you, but you, but someone's looking for you, and you got to come with me." I
3: guess we better follow him, honey. I'll just be heartbroken if my folks have done
1: this. (laughs) It's hard not to hate her. It really is. But you know, she's
2: a teenager, and she's clearly lost. And I don't know how she got lost because, well, because her mom is so supportive. But then again. It's clearly a loveless marriage because her mom's cheating on her, her dad
1: all the time. Well, and her mom's so. clearly an alcoholic, and yeah. you know, what I mean, like, yeah. well, and people are fucked up. Young people are fucked up. Yeah, and I know a lot of. It's really weird because they're our world is so different now. Yeah. But I know so many parents mm-hmm. who have kids with some real problems. Yeah, in one way or another, and they're all great people. You right. know what I mean? Like, right. you don't. I don't go like these are awful parents right. or abusive parents like the world that we're in man and particularly post pandemic but like there's yeah. a lot of kids in therapy yeah you know there's a lot of kids with eating disorders there's a lot of kid there's a lot of you know suicide numbers are up and right. you know and so it's like you could do everything right and have a fucked up kid yeah and is
2: is you know? yeah and there could be a big exploration of this like the the loss of rated g films the uh, the advent of sexuality the accessibility to porn
1: social violence, media social
2: media all of it Bleeds into us. I was not blaming, like, I'm trying to come off like Tipper Gore here. I'm just saying there is a sociological exploration that can be done here where you're seeing the results of that. And there may be some positive things that have come out where a more global, so we understand cultures a little easier now. We've accessed those cultures. But the other side of it is these other things that you also have access to at way too young of age that you can't process that leads to these things. So, yeah. I I think.
1: Um, because I'm thinking a lot about this, particularly because mm. you know, my kid's 10, mm. 10 and a half. Yeah, so crazy. he's heading into a different world. Yeah. And like one thing that I already know, there are much more open, honest attitudes towards sex and yes. sexuality and gender and mm. sexual preference of my son's generation. They're like, they don't care. Right. Like, you know, Jax is like, I mean, he, you know, he's right now at the moment he says he's bisexual and mm-hmm. he said he was gay a little while ago. Mm. I don't actually think he understands what those terms are. Sure. But in his world that's all, who cares? Yeah, right. You know exactly. what I mean? Like it's it doesn't it's matter. Fluid. Yeah. You know, and so that stuff is really good. Yeah. But there's a whole bunch of other stuff. Yeah. And it's, I'm not Tipper Gore either. Right. I don't think there's a one-to-one like you watch violence and want to do violence. No. It's ridiculous. Right. Um. You and I played all sorts of violent video oh, yeah. games and listened to, watched violent movies and yeah. that didn't fuck us up at we, all. We came, we came
2: up <laughs> during Schwarzenegger's Stallone
1: yeah Van Damme and Chuck Norris and we weren't out there shooting people up but I do think watching YouTube with weird mm-hmm. algorithms and TikTok that are showing you stuff yeah. my son has seen some weird things
2: and the dark web and the Reddit
1: some going into some of those Reddit threads yeah yeah it's insane well and like we see that growing it's not kids, just kids Grown-ups oh, might yeah. start thinking of some conspiracy theory yeah, that guess, isn't true exactly. at all. Exactly. So, yeah, no, we're, it's a scary world. Great point.
2: I think I worked like a dog all my
0: life so my daughter can end up in a pool hole.
1: And we cut to this hard close-up of J.C.'s dad just yelling. It's a
0: hell of a note. a hell of a note. Just a hell of a note.
1: Puts J.C. in the car, gives the keys to the other car to, to Lois. You take her car. As far as I'm concerned, he can walk. And they leave, and this is the last we see of J.C., and she yeah. drives away in a car. There is a lot of car exits in this movie. yeah. And Bogdanovich said that he thinks that's uniquely American, that you oh. that you leave, that you drive away in the car. Really?
2: I mean, I'm sure there's some Italian films where you see them driving off in the Vespa or the little sports car, but
1: maybe, maybe. There's so many things, by the way, that people say that go like, well, that's really an American thing. And it's like, no, I think everyone, you know, <laughs> everyone will do that. Well, my, dad, my dad used to say the weirdest thing. I mean, he didn't even know what a master shot is, for God's sakes. How can I trust him? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> <laughs> this is what my dad said. Uh, He would make this thing comment of like the life of a Jewish dog, that a dog living in a Jewish house had the best life. Mm. And I was like, Dad, from what are you figuring this out? <laughs> have you examined like the dog in a Latino house, or in a, like I think there are a lot of dogs that have pretty good lives. Right, I don't think. House, yeah, yeah. And have you gone to all sorts of Jewish houses and seen <laughs> how they treat them? It's like it was such, but because he was Jewish, yeah, and because he treated his dog well, he thought that that was he put those things together. You know, <laughs> this makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> so Lois and Sonny are alone together. Yeah.
0: Not much of a wedding night, huh?
1: Nope. Not much of one
0: you have a little drink of bourbon. It'll pick you up. You won't believe this, Sonny, but you're lucky we got you clear of her quick as we did. You'd been a lot better off staying with Ruth Popper. Mm.
1: <laughs> First, so there's so much there. Yeah. First of all, she's not mad. No. Second of all, she sa- she understands this thing about you are better off.
2: Yeah. She knows how ter- uh, the danger her daughter is.
1: And third, she brings up Ruth Popper. Yeah. You know, which is, A, I know about it. B, I'm not judgmental of it. Mm-hmm. C, you should have stuck with her. Right. Which, it, and, and and maybe even a little bit of you betrayed Ruth Popper. Yeah. You know? Yeah, maybe. That's a lot to just lay. Yeah. She's such a great truth speaker in this movie. I love her in this movie. I do too.
0: I guess I treated her terrible. Yes, she did.
1: Love it. It's great. She's not going to let off the hook? No. We're driving. We make it back to the pool hall. It's
0: not the same now. Nothing's really been right since Sam the Lion died.
1: And the camera moves around her, and there's a long, long look.
0: No, No, it hasn't.
1: And I am sure the first time I saw it, that is the moment I knew. No, it hasn't. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I get sad if I
1: think of Sam for long. Did you know he had beautiful hands?
2: That's a great line. Yeah, it is. That's something someone who loves you would notice. Yeah. Yeah. And Sonny hasn't
0: figured it out yet. I guess you liked him, didn't you? I guess everybody did. Well, i tell you, it was different with me, Sonny. I loved him. He loved me,
1: too. So at the reading, they do their, their table reading, mm. and they get through the whole script, and Ben Johnson basically immediately says, all right, see you, and he walks out. Mm-hmm. And both Ellen Burstyn and Eileen Brennan immediately go, oh, I understand why Lois fell in love with him. Mm -hmm. Just from the table read and him walking out. Wow. Yeah, He just had a lot of manly charisma. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Are you the one who used to take swimming? Out the tank. He told you about that, huh?
2: I love that. Yeah. Delivery.
0: I guess if it wasn't for Sam, I'd just about have missed it. Whatever it is.
1: What is that line? Love. Missed it. Missed this feeling, yeah. this possibility. Yeah. I think it's it's almost bigger than love to me. Mm. It's like the joy of life. Mm, sure. You yeah. know, just the, 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 the complete experience of a moment. Yeah. I'd have missed it. Mm-hmm. I, I love that. I, I think that's just such a great statement. Yeah, I agree. And I've been one of them
0: Amity types that thinks that playing bridge is about the best thing that life has to offer.
1: <laughs> and then we find out that she gave him the name. Yeah. And that he loved the name as soon as she gave it to him
0: two years old then can you
1: imagine so she's probably three four years older than than sunny is right now yeah yeah yeah, yeah.
0: i tell you sunny it's terrible to only meet one man in your whole life who knows what
1: you're worth this really gets me the scene mm. it really does it mm-hmm. affects me someone who and and i think that statement of meeting someone who knows what you're worth mm-hmm. that's a really key thing yeah because it's being accepted for who you are completely yeah. And valued. And that's
2: actually rare. Yeah. And valued.
1: And it's so, it shows exactly what JC is doing wrong. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because she's not after someone, she doesn't know what she's worth. Yeah. And none of the people she's with know what she's worth. Mm-hmm. And and it's also, I mean, how much time you waste, you know, how much time in your life have you wasted with people who didn't understand what you were worth? You know? Yeah.
2: yeah you know? Yeah. God um, yes, Jesus Christ yes.
1: No, that's a lot of a. I mean, yes, it's true about love and those kind of mm. relationships. But man, it's been true of me and jobs a lot of times, mm. where it's like you don't know what I'm fuck. You don't know what I can fucking do. Yeah, yeah. Or you're taking advantage of me, or not paying me. Yeah. What I am worth, or treating me with that respect. Yep. You know, or friend and friends too. Yeah. You know, definitely. Yeah.
0: I look, too. You wouldn't believe how I've
1: looked. <laughs> and that's Abilene, and that's probably a whole bunch of other people.
0: I know why well, Sam liked you. Love me. Love
1: you, me. And she reaches out and touches his face. Are you getting worried at this moment? No,
2: no. Because I, I, in my in my estimation, he is what's left of Sam. Yeah. He has the same kind of energy. It's not as manly as Sam's energy, but he has some shades of Sam's energy, yeah. which is why Sam gave him the pool hall. Why Sam gave him that story about her. So I think she's connecting to that, that they both love Sam equally.
1: Which is the next thing she says. She says,
0: I can kind of see what he saw in you too.
1: And there's a long look. And then there's kind of another look. And he looks at her. And then she says, I love it. She plays it so perfectly.
0: Nope, I'll just go on home. Go on
1: and get out. Yeah. Because you could totally see like, I could have sex with him right yeah, now. Yeah,
2: yeah. She knows. I'm she not going have. to. Yeah, yeah.
1: I'm going to go home.
2: I could do the reverse of what my daughter did.
1: And he gets out, kind of takes a big drink, trying to look a little manly and yeah. doesn't handle it well. And she laughs. And she drives away. Yeah. And this is her exit, driving away in a car. Yeah. Um, That's right. In the wow. book, they sleep together. Oh, no. Yeah. Shit. Yeah, they go to a motel and they have sex. Damn. Yeah. It's better that she doesn't. I totally think this is better. Right? I totally because the moment of her going, no, I better not, yeah. is so much more interesting. We've had everybody's had sex in this movie, right? Her saying no, the person who is the most philandering, we think, yeah. who slept around a lot, saying no in this circumstance, that that's great for her. I it's, feel better about Lois.
2: I agree, and it's consistent with her character because she's, you know, she's the one sitting there giving a little shit about Ruth for him to turn her her to turn on and be someone who helps him. S- yeah, you know, have
1: sex with, uh, with someone other than Ruth is kind of undercutting everything she just said about Ruth. What he did to Ruth. Exactly. Yeah. Actually, that's totally, totally correct. Yeah. We're at a football game. Yeah. And this is a place where Sonny felt at home a year ago. Yeah. And he doesn't feel at home here now. And the team's winning. Yeah. They're good now. Yeah. And, and I love there's some guy he's talking to it. I love that he says, now, when was it you graduated? It was right. like, it was last year, you know, <laughs> I was just playing on the team. And you know last who that year. is,
2: the actor. No, who is that? That's young Pat Hingle,
1: young G- Commissioner Gordon. Oh, shit. Yes, from 1989's wow. Batman. That's young Pat Hingle. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then Coach comes up, oh, but kind of in the foreground, like you don't even really see him. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Now, listen, see if we can't stretch that goddamn thing a little. You know, a man never ought to cheat. unless listen, it's for a good cause.
1: And he's talking about something going on in the game. Yeah. Is he consciously saying that to Sonny? I, well, you see Sonny there, so I don't see how he does not Yeah. Yeah. And the But the shot is just on Sonny. Yeah. I know, it's weird. It's it a, it's a weird thing. Yeah. And everyone starts singing the school song, and the camera pushes in on Sonny, and you could just feel him his disconnectedness yeah. from all of this. Yeah. And the other thing that comes out as they're talking is that Dwayne is back in town. Yes. He's been in town for a week mm-hmm. and hasn't seen Sonny. Well, they fought last time. Yeah. Him in the head with a bottle. Sonny pulls up to Dwayne's house. Knocks on the door. Mm. He, his mom answers. asks if Dwayne's there. There's something up with mom. Oh yeah, and we don't go into it. We don't know what's going on. She's a hoarder, man. Yeah. Oh, totally. Right. Totally. Yeah. And Dwayne comes out.
0: Yeah, I've been thinking all week, and yeah, I'd run into you.
1: I mean, he know. We know that Dwayne has avoided Sunny. Right. You know, that's not that's not a secret. Right. And he's, you know, he's. I think we've said that he's uh, joined the army. Yes. He's going to head off to Korea. Now. Right. Like this is the last day before he goes.
3: I thought you might want to go to the picture show. This
0: movie's having to close it. tonight, so last night.
1: And it is Red River. Yeah. John Wayne. There's a lot of yeehaws. <laughs> Why do you think this is the movie? Like what? what well, is... it's
2: going back in time. It's a it's nostalgia and it's remembering, you know, how it used to be. So because all the other movies are kind of correlative to the time that they're mm-hmm. being screened at the uh, at the theater, this is the first one that's kind of like a going back in time to see this movie. And also what Red River symbolizes, which is the older generation finally accepting the younger generation mm. uh, in that movie. Uh, because of Montgomery Clift and John Wayne right. and all of that, and Montgomery and John Wayne's not even sure that Montgomery Clift is his son, or he keeps claiming that he's not sure. And then eventually, all this shit has to happen, and the and the woman, the mom or the the woman of the piece has to be like, enough already, you two idiots, figure this shit out, you know. And so it's that kind of, and then eventually Wayne does accept Montgomery Clift and lets him
1: lead, Let's him lead. Boy, you have a way better memory of that movie than I'm, I do. I'm, a, I'm not called the outlaw because I don't like westerns, man. <laughs> I on. mean, I've seen it. But it's sort of like there's just a lot of a lot of those movies that I can't remember really? which ones from which. Oh, yeah. Red River's the shit, man. I yeah. love that movie. Um, you just said exactly what Bogdanovich said, oh, by the way. Yeah. yeah. Those- is that he wanted to show the mythology of the old West and yeah. and contrasting that with where we are now. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly what he said. And I know what a master shot is. Go ahead. <laughs> Um, that's why that's just such a crazy story. Um, and, and we see, you know, Dwayne and Sonny watching, they're lit by the projector light and the camera moves up and there is Billy yeah. sitting now in the book. It's really clear. He goes to the movies every single night, every single night he's watching the movie. Wow. And when the, when the picture show closes, he kept going there because he, and he didn't understand why there right. wasn't a movie.
0: Hey, why don't we run over Wichita and drink a little beer? Huh? Okay. we got of time till morning. Sure.
1: So they're going to have one night together, which makes me feel good. I'm really yeah. glad these guys are, you know, getting past their thing. Yeah, dudes fight. It's the next morning. There were no women
0: around.
1: I don't know if I'll have this in the, the thing, but he says,
0: "I guess the next piece of ass I get will
1: be yellow." Yeah, I'm not going to put it in. Yeah, I mean, it's the 1950s. I think it's a great. Well, maybe let me. Maybe let's. Just, I think it's a great line. Mm-hmm. And the reason I think it's a great line is because that's what that character would say. Yeah, of course. You know what I mean? Yes, yes. And so even though it bothers me, it's an offensive line and it's much more offensive today than it right. was in the 70s and more offensive than it was in the 50s. Yeah. I think it's it's exactly what that character would say.
2: It's It was equally offensive always. It's a matter of our taste of it. Right.
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. That's. I like the way you put that. Hey, why don't
3: you take care of the car
1: for me? And I think this is... Our friendship is back. Yeah, you know I'm Absolutely. gonna trust you with my car. Here's
2: something of mine you can have yeah. and take care of. In the oh,
1: office. yeah, yeah. And then, you know, he's kind of straightening up his tie because the bus is pulling up, which means he's gonna go. And yeah. he says,
0: you ever, uh, "You ever, hear from JC?"
1: I think he's waited all night to ask that. Question. Yeah, of course. And he's only now asking it. We just about to get on yeah. the bus.
0: I ain't over it yet, you know. I ain't over it yet.
1: Uh, it's so, it's, sh- what she did to him mm-hmm. is just so, because, you know, she had this fantasy. She's pursuing all these fantasies right. that aren't going to make her happy. Right, right. And now what she's left him with is he has this fantasy of the past yeah that's not going to make him happy, ever.
2: Right, and not make any relationship he's going to be nope. in, and any
1: woman he's going to be with happy, yeah. Because nothing can live up to the thing that didn't happen with right. J C
2: But once again... The message here: let go of the past. Yep. Move forward. Yep.
1: Yep. Yeah. Well, and don't dream about the future in the right. way that J C is doing. You know right. that's not right either. It's, it's kind of accept what the world is yep. and enjoy it for what it actually is. Mm-hmm. You know what it is. Yep. I don't know what it is, but you you might miss it. You might miss it. Right. Yeah. And you should know what it's worth. Yes. And people should know what you're worth. Right. Yeah. Um, Ferris Bueller said it best. <laughs>
0: You reckon you and her would have got it all straighted out if I hadn't butted it in? No, no. No. No, they ever know me too, even if we had.
1: Which is another I forgive you. Yeah. But he still checks on this. He says...
3: Y'all, uh... Y'all never even gotten to the motel?
1: No. Because he really wants to know that she, he didn't have sex with Jason. Right, right. And he says no. That's the step too far. I For mean, him. it is what it is. For him. Yeah. right. right. It is what it is. Be careful.
0: I'll take care of the mercury for you. I'll see you in a year or two if it do not get
1: shot. And the bus drives away, so Dwayne leaves in a vehicle, too, yeah. and leaves Sonny all alone on the street, empty street, windy day, goes back to the pool hall. We hear the wind. We hear sand and dust blowing around, and then we hear a loud truck horn. And you go, what? What's that? Sonny goes out to see, and he sees people running on, on the street. Mm-hmm. He sees a truck out there. He doesn't know what's going on, and then he sees in quick jump cuts, yeah. which is totally out of Alfred Hitchcock. You know what I mean? It's yeah, like out yeah. of Psycho, mm-hmm. it is, and what we see is The Broom. Yeah, You saw it for the first time recently. Yeah. What did you feel at this moment?
2: I I was like, oh, no. It's basically what I thought. Oh, no. Yeah. And yeah, because we hadn't seen Billy in a bit. Yeah, we yeah. saw him in the theater, but we yep. had to take, checked in on him in a bit.
1: And so when that happened, I was like, "Oh man, it's so it's so unexpected." Yeah, and it's so meaninglessly tragic. Yes, you know what I mean. It's the most innocent person in the film, and it's like, "Oh fuck, he's dead." Yeah, you know, and 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 it's yeah, it's so brutal. And and Sonny immediately knows what's happening. He runs up. He sees there's this group of people, including the truck driver, talking around Billy, who's on the ground, obviously dead, obviously hit by this truck. Mm And they are talking in the coldest way.
0: What was he doing out there anyway, carrying that breath? Oh, he weren't doing nothing. He's just an old simple-minded kid.
1: And we're staying on Sonny. We're just watching him as he's hearing them. And you could feel the emotions just building up and building up in him. Mm -hmm. Bogdanovich wouldn't let them rehearse this scene. Wow. And what he said was he took Tim Bottoms... And he just took a walk with him Mm. and talked with him about the scene Mm. and what he wanted. And then he went to the crew and the other actors who are in the scene. And he said, listen, we're going to get this on the first take. This is the bridge, blowing up the bridge on the River Kwai. Wow. If anybody, we can only do this once. And if anybody fucks it up, I will kill them. That's what he said. (laughs) And we hear them just kind of mocking this dead kid. And then Tim Bottoms explodes.
3: He was sweeping, you sons of bitches. He was
1: sweeping. And he picks up Billy, which is his brother, by the way. Yeah, yeah, it's right. Really cool. And he drags him down the street, and the camera is tracking with him. And it's awkward, yeah. and it's difficult, and he's not doing it well. And he drags him up to, like, the curb, and he puts him on the curb. And he takes off his jacket, which is the Letterman jacket that Charlene gave back right. to him at the very beginning of the movie. Nice callback. And he lays it over him. And, of course, what falls out but the hat. Yeah. That is... Is taking a a gesture and repeating it and transforming it, yeah. and transforming it so that now at this moment it's really meaningful. Yeah, and he puts it under the coat and sits there crying.
2: Yeah, you know this scene symbolizes so much to me as I was watching it, especially now. You know that I, you know, it. I'm gonna say this correctly. It symbolizes so much about society, right? And you're watching a bunch of white dudes looking at something that's an other that is dying there, and they're blaming the other. They're blaming yeah. the victim, and then they're just moving on to go get breakfast or whatever. And the defensive guy is part of that crew of people watching that, right? That, uh, that could be a gay person. That could be a, a person of color. That could be, hmm. as we see here, a simple-minded guy or a, a person who's got mental difficulties. The desire for society to immediately banish that, to call it an other, to um, uh, dehumanize it, is so powerful and and i think that i think bogdanovich in a way is launching his own protest larry mcmurtry is uh, is launching his own kind of shot at, at his town and whatever and this idea you know this this mysticism about the small towns or the backbone of america is a bunch of horseshit we are all americans we're all and guess what we all have towns that cheat we all have towns that do terrible things we all have elders in the town that are corrupt and all these kinds of things so small medium or large this is america overall and so this scene to me symbolizes something that was happening and we were getting more aware of women's rights native american rights with aim in the 70s civil rights certainly with black people and even cesar chavez with the latino rights all of this is happening, and LGBTQ 2 uh, is starting to kind of find its voice as well in the '70s. So this scene symbolizes so much at that time,
1: and I think it resonates still now. So yeah. it's so funny that's such a good interpretation, and and and, and I have it. It's not different, but but yeah, like yeah. the thing that it makes me think is just you never know anybody else's shit. You know what yeah, I mean? Like point. like people, there are people right next to you that are going through stuff. Yeah, yeah. like because it because I think what's part of what's important is that. If nothing else was going on in Sonny's life and Billy died, it would be a tragedy and he would be really upset. Yes. But there's all this stuff in Sonny's life. Right. Dwayne just left and there was JC and there's Ruth and there's all these things. And so he is in this emotional turmoil at this moment. And him dragging that kid is, and the the people, the strangers just look at him like, you got some crazy kids here. Yeah. You know, because we can't tell. I, you know, we, there's some level where, you know, you you can't tell what's going on with other right. people a lot of the time. Right,
2: right. It's so ironic Red River too, uh because Montgomery have been gay. Mm, you know yeah, to that, and Lancaster knew about that from near eternity, and apparently treated him pretty terribly because of it. Right, so yeah, it fucking sucks.
1: And so after this, I, I mean, just unbelievably brutal moment. Sonny goes back into the pool hall and takes this moment of looking around and. i I totally understand this thing like you've been through some tragic thing and now you're looking at the most familiar place in the world yeah and it just feels alien and empty and
2: well it was his last connection right his best friend is gone yep uh JC has annulled the wedding or his parents her parents have annulled the wedding uh Sent her away yeah her right right and whisked her away and uh Ru- he's walled Ru- Ruth off from himself. And so Billy was kind of the thing. And of course, um, Sam is dead. Sam the Lion is dead. So all these connections to his town in one fell swoop, almost one on top of the other, have kind of left him. So he is um, now kind of alone. And so what's the point? So everything looks completely different now.
1: And he jumps into his pickup truck and just heads out of town. And it feels to me like he could just he might be leaving completely. He just might be gone. It's gonna be the end of the movie and he he drives out of town um and then slows down mm. looks around stops at the side of the road turns around and drives back into town <laughs> and did you know where he was heading
2: uh i mean i had a feeling but i yeah. was because i mean you you can't leave it unresolved so i had a feeling he was going cuz we haven't seen or heard anything about his parents right like we never uh-uh. know Anything about his parents, so I didn't think he was heading anywhere there all of a
1: sudden. It There's happened. the one scene with his dad at the at the Christmas thing where yeah. they have a completely non-moment moment. Yeah, clearly that's a dad who's not been around. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. Um, And he pulls up in front of Ruth's house, and he knocks on the door, and she opens the door. She's in a bathrobe. And we talked about mm. these transformations of Cloris Leachman yeah. and that she it is real clear the place that she has gone to. Mm-hmm. You know, if anything, she is at a much lower place now than she yeah. was when we met her at the beginning. The perils of love, Steve.
3: Can I have a cup of coffee with you? Okay.
1: And they go inside. And she first thing she says is.
3: I'm sorry, I'm still in the
1: bathroom. Defaulting into these old habits of hers of just apologizing yep. for herself. Yeah. And there's like a close shot of the coffee cup and the, and she's pouring the coffee and her hands start to shake and she's filled with emotion. And then in just this explosion, she throws that coffee cup and the coffee pot against the wall. And what happens next is remarkable. Yeah. Just
2: an utter explosion of decades of wanting to say this to somebody and certainly to somebody who triggers these feelings. And like you said earlier, Stephen, like we talked about, you know, he kind of regressed her back to believing in the kind of love and almost coming back to being a teenager and re-embracing the joy of life again. Uh, and so his betrayal is almost the most severe for her. And so finally it triggers this deep well of emotion and anger and frustration from a human level, you know, yes, a woman level, but a human level to say, I'm tired of constantly having to apologize for who the hell I am and cater to everybody and, and all of this. And it's it's you know it's a wonderful explosion of strength and power. Uh, uh, and I don't know what's the word I'm looking for, Steve, just like kind of
1: announcing herself. You know, I, I, it's it, there's so much here. I don't I can't I understand why you couldn't put a word on it. Yeah. I, it's, uh, What Cloris Leachman does in this moment is this explosion of pain and anger and emotion and honesty, and it's all of this stuff. And I'll tell you something weird. Peter Bogdanovich would not let her rehearse. Oh. refused to let her rehearse. Wow. There is no coverage. He shot no coverage of the scene. Okay. He just, it's all one shot. Right. This is take one. Incredible. She, when she was done, she begged him for another take. <laughs> he refused. Yeah. Listen, it's the director's job to know when he's got or when he or she has got what they want. Yeah. And the thing is, is as much as we can say negative things about Peter Bogdanovich, and there's plenty to say, mm-hmm. sure, the confidence of a 30 year old director to say we're not doing a safety take and to tell this, like, no, that's it. Yeah. That's confidence. <laughs>
3: doing apologizing to you why am i always apologizing to you you little
1: bastard i love this line i think this line i i felt this line deep
3: three months i've been apologizing to you without you even being here i haven't done anything wrong why can't i quit apologizing
1: how many people and i would think particularly how many women out there have had this feeling why can't i quit apologizing
2: and still i mean i we we, we sometimes can fall into the pattern of thinking oh well you know, nowadays, women are much more of a part of the conversation. You know, the equality is happening. We're seeing them pop up in all these things. They're leading projects. But still, there are a large contingent of women all across the world who are made to apologize in a patriarchal society from birth. I'm sorry, dad. I'm sorry, yep. my brothers. I'm sorry, fellow uh, male co- uh, students at, at a, at a yep. middle school, elementary school, high school, whatever, even some of the classic stuff we watch some of the shows and films and tvs you see women apologizing to men uh, and all of that so it's a learned behavior almost and so this explosion is so so incredible in this movie and such a statement of humanity of like hey i matter you know i am woman hear me roar to use a 70 a 1970s popular phrase from that song and so she is roaring uh, uh, uh not just to him but to every man who has ever made her feel lesser than and that she's allowed to let them feel let let them make her feel lesser than
3: you're the one ought to be sorry i wouldn't still be in my bathroom. if it hadn't been for you i had my clothes on hours ago you're the one made me quit caring if i got dressed or not
1: well and, and what's weird about the scene is that when you first watch it i think it's like Sonny's coming off of this horrible tragedy right you know and like this kid just got killed in the street and he dragged the dead body and yeah. i mean it's just awful and so my first thought is oh she doesn't know you know she doesn't know that sonny's going <laughs> this thing but she does
3: i guess just because your friend got killed you want me to forget what you did and make it all right i'm not sorry for you you don't let billy too just like you left me
1: that is a fucking line man yeah it's a strong and, line and the more i think about it and this is why i go my feelings about Sonny have yeah. turned. is like well he he did betray dwayne yeah he did stand by why billy was put with the prostitute he did mm-hmm. he has been passive and he did just jc just kind of blinked her pretty eyes and he just went off with her yeah. and we've said that yeah he's a young teenage kid and pretty girl and yeah i mm-hmm. get i totally get that but i don't know that she's wrong Right. No, I
2: don't think that she is wrong. And I think that's a fair criticism for her to have of him. And yeah, just because we uh, can, you know, kind of look at it from a prism of he's a young man. It doesn't mean that there's no responsibility for his actions. And so this is this is a wake up call and an adult wake up call that there is a responsibility to your actions. And she's the one that has to call him out and Mm -hmm. and put him in his place. And I love the fact that she said what you mentioned earlier, Steve, for three months, I've been apologizing to you when you weren't even here. That immediately made me think of how many times she was probably like, God, what did I do wrong? What did yep. I say? Did oh I say something God. wrong? Yes. Did I not have sex with him in the right way? Did I not kiss him? Did I not stroke him enough? Did, did the wallpaper not did she not like the blanket or the whatever, right. the quilt? Like God knows how many different conversations she had with herself until she realized, wait a minute, this is a fucking high school teenager. This yes. is a, you know, a kid who hasn't even seen the world and
1: I'm apologizing to him?
2: And I think that's what comes storming out, you
1: know, in that do- moment. You know, we've talked about this thing. It has come up so many times on the Cinephiles of hmm. the, you plan the thing that you're going to say when you have the argument with the person <laughs> and that we never actually really say that thing. Yeah, right, exactly. I think she's saying it. Yeah. yeah you know what I mean? Absolutely. I think she is saying exactly the thing yeah. that she has thought about saying to him.
3: I bet you left him plenty of nights. Whenever JC whistled, I wouldn't treat a dog
1: that way. <laughs> and then, and man, this is so painful.
3: I guess you thought I was so old and ugly. You didn't owe me any explanation. You didn't need to be careful of me.
1: That phrase, be careful of me, I think is, that's something we don't do enough as humans. Mm. Just be careful of each other, yeah. you know?
3: Mm-hmm. There wasn't anything I could do about you and her. Why should you be careful of me? You didn't love me. Look at me. Didn't <clears throat> you even look at me?
1: I. The power coming off Cloris Leachman in this scene is... I'm I'm moved right now trying to explain it. And I just like, I think this is one of the great acting moments I've ever seen. Period.
2: Yeah. 1 million percent agree with you, man. I mean, as good as Sam's uh, monologue is there at the tank, this monologue here from Cloris Leachman from Ruth is just as devastatingly powerful. Um, It's nostalgia in a different way because his nostalgia about the days of being wild and blah, blah, blah. And her nostalgia, which breeds anger, is from all the years of feeling caged by her situation and by the coach. And the fact that it's happening in the kitchen as she's serving him coffee, Steve, I think that can't be um, uh, glossed over. Because how many times has she probably served coach coffee in here while he's giving her sure. crap for her behavior? or giving, well, Meanwhile, he's like messing around with young boys or the teenagers and, you know, so making her – the problem when in fact he's the problem because he can't face it because it's a patriarchal society and uh, he in a small town so he doesn't have to you know so there's so much power here in this moment and the coffee and all of that you
1: know i i am so glad you brought up the ben johnson speech because mm. they are both amazing and they're yeah. the opposite yeah one is yeah. still calm simple th- like totally just mm-hmm. simple truth mm-hmm. and this is big and emotional and intense and powerful mm-hmm. and in a weird way i almost go like this is what this movie is it's old hollywood and new hollywood Mm. you know what i mean because Mm. this cloris leachman scene this is would never be in a john ford movie you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like this would this it's so raw and emotional yeah you know it wouldn't be in an alfred hitchcock movie it wouldn't be you know yeah i mean there
2: there were explosions but not from a woman like this in any of john ford's films but certainly in the searchers when um is it richard bamer who like goes after him and yells at him and that's true. That's true. You have that from the male explosion yeah. of the young but you don't have that from the women characters and you're so you're right to point that out that this is a new Hollywood new woman You know, this is when women really kind of came to the forefront in the 1970s of being uh, these essential characters in these movies. Not that Betty Davis and Barbara Stanwyck and Katherine Hepburn obviously weren't; they were incredible. Joan Crawford would have you, but here is where you had a glut of women where it was like focused on their stories and feeling their power throughout all these films in the 1970s. Shouldn't have come here. I'm around
3: that corner now. You've ruined it. It's lost completely.
1: And again, I love this line.
3: Sure needing me won't make it come back.
1: The feeling is like, oh my God, it's you know, it's over, and she and she's right, and this is done. Yeah. And then, really slowly, he reaches over and puts his hand on hers. Yeah. And we've passed the last mo- line of the movie. There'll be no more dialogue. Mm-hmm. Bogdanovich directed this um, moment like a silent movie, which is he talked them through it. You know. Uh. He said, okay, now you take his hand. Now you do this. Now you look down. And the, again, we just saw Cloris Leachman deliver words in the most powerful, profound way. And now you get to watch her silent acting and every single beat and all of the... And it's so complicated what's going on for her. Mm -hmm. Because slowly but surely, she takes his hand and covers it with hers. And she's crying and... She takes his hand and puts it up against her face, mm-hmm. and then she smiles at him, and it's that amazingly beautiful smile. And you could see her trying to say something. And in, in the description in the book, uh, which is just so interesting and really hit me, was that mm-hmm. in the in the way he describes in the book is that she felt like she was at the moment of being able to explain to Sonny like a great truth about life, mm. and it was just out of her reach, <laughs> like she just couldn't quite. She had it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, she goes, yeah. she had it. And then she's holding his hand, and then she lost it and just realized there is nothing to say. Yeah. And they hold each other's hands, and the camera pulls back as she reaches for him. And And I was wrong, actually. There is one more line in the movie. Mm-hmm. She says...
3: Never you mind." Never you mind.
1: Amazing.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I, I wonder how you look at this, how you see this, you know, because she stated this case so powerfully and then still took him back and he reached for her. So certainly not, it wasn't, it was more than just wanting her. It was needing her, you know, and, and, oh, sorry. It was more than needing her. He wanted her. And so you have this moment, but she takes him back. So the question you're left with is, well, did she take him back on her terms or is she just taking him back because she really, still cares for him, and she had to get this out. The fact that he didn't fight her or or verbally attack her back, does that make her feel like, okay, I've said my piece, and he accepted it, so now I think I feel more agency in this relationship than I have before, I don't know.
1: This, to me, is why it's a 70s movie. Yeah, right, it's an you ambiguous know? ending, yeah, 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 yeah. Is that we just, like, I I, I, I don't, we don't get to know. I, I do feel like one of the things that... She, she's saying or is feeling is that life is really fucking lonely yeah and it and, and I, it's almost like these two people you know he hurt her and maybe he's going to hurt her again i don't yeah. know that he's not right, right. but better to ha- better to be with a flawed person that's going to hurt you and feel some love yeah than not you know and live with no love i guess you know i mean i that's my feeling Yeah, yeah. The camera pulls back and pulls back and then it dissolves. And this is totally breaking your classic rules of filmmaking is it dissolves from a from a dolly move (laughs) into a pan. So the camera goes back to that panning shot of the empty street of the town going towards the theater in the dust. And that's like and and Bogdanovich basically said, like everyone said, you can't do that. You can't dissolve from a from a dolly move to a pan. That's breaks all the rules. It won't work. And he goes, I think it'll work. (laughs) <laughs> that's what he did it um by the way this is another reference to citizen kane because the movie opens exactly where yeah. it closes yeah, yeah yeah you know and that was really conscious um a producer looking at an early cut his note was you should probably just cut that cloris leachman scene out of the movie oh my
2: god of course was it a male producer of course it was.
1: I, i'm sure it was um i don't i don't know if it was a male producer but it, bogdanovich's response is that scene is the whole reason i made the movie <laughs> yeah you know. Um, and also in reference to Citizen Kane, the credits are actual video, you know, uh of the actors. Yeah. He wanted to show all of them. Uh I meant to say this much earlier, but I don't think I ever did. Okay. So Peter Bogdanovich is rehearsing regularly and privately with Sybil Shepard. And it wasn't like Polly didn't know that he was attracted to her. Right. And she is working. A, both as the costume designer on the movie, the production designer on the movie, and doing a whole bunch of other stuff. She's just like she did on Target. She is his partner in crime. She worked with him on everything. Mm -hmm. They have a hotel room. And she's back in the hotel room. And every night, Peter is coming back later and later to the hotel room. And one night, he doesn't come back at all. And she confronts him and says, look, I know you're sleeping with Sybil. And he says he can't help it. He's obsessed. And that not only is he not stopping, but he's going to keep, I'm going to keep sleeping with her. In fact, I'm, you know, I'll be there tomorrow night. And he tells her, maybe you should just go back to LA. Wow. And she goes there. I, I, this is not, I don't know what she said, but Mm -hmm. the sense I get is there's no fucking way I'm going back to LA. This is my movie too, you know? And so they had their hotel room was a two-bedroom hotel suite. So she moved into the other bedroom. He continued to sleep with Sybil Shepard throughout the whole thing. Yeah. She went to work every day and kept doing the job. They would have huge, huge fights. At one point, they're driving and she's driving the car and she literally drives the car off the road and crashes it. Jesus. I don't know if she was do if she did it on purpose or not, but but it was a, you know, a, it was and it was a real accident. It wasn't like a, a little yeah. accident yeah and then but they just continued to make the movie and this is the thing man you have this you know sunny character who totally abandons (laughs) ruth and at the same time the director is totally abandoning the wife that has yeah you know helped him throughout this entire process yeah after the movie uh they split up he moved in with sybil shepherd um it sounds like there was serious consequences for polly for the kids Like, this was not a smooth, well-handled transition. And she is barely credited in the film. She gets the production design credit, no credit for costume, no credit for all the other producing work she did. Hmm. Peter Bogdanovich says he edited this movie entirely by himself. And then that this and there's this other guy listed as the editor, which is uh, Don Cambern. Yeah. And he says, well, he was editing something else in the other office at the, in the same building, and I needed some help with some things technically. So he came in and helped me out. And that's why I gave him credit for editing the movie. Wow. Uh Cambern says Bogdanovich did do a cut himself. It wasn't very good. And then I recut the film and edited the film. Wow. You know, so we talked about <laughs> this guy and his arrogance. Yeah. There's huge, huge buzz about the movie. Mm-hmm. so much so that's how he ended up doing the barbara streisand ryan o'neill movie mm-hmm. which he went right into and the movie comes out uh he started working on what's up doc
3: mm-hmm.
1: it got tremendous reviews mm-hmm. tremendous reviews including i think it's variety compared it to citizen kane wow he got a telegram from orson wells who said reading your reviews is like opening presents on christmas morning isn't that the best <laughs> uh, it,
2: yeah if he meant it knowing sure. he sent it to be nice but he also was super jealous I
1: would imagine um, it was such a big hit that it was still playing in theaters when what's up doc came out and was number one at the box office
2: wow
1: yeah um it was nominated for best picture director supporting actor for both uh jeff bridges and ben johnson Mm. supporting actress for both Ellen Burstyn and Cloris Leachman. Interesting. Also for screenplay and cinematography. Mm-hmm. Um, ben Johnson won and Cloris Leachman won, which is weird because normally if you have two actors from the same movie, they'll tend to split the vote. Yeah. 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 But in this case, both of them won and deservedly so. Right. And it lost to, uh, this was the year of the French Connection. Yeah. So French Connection it won for Best Picture and Best uh, Director. Mm-hmm. apparently Friedkin went up to uh peter bogdanovich and gave him a big hug at the oscars while holding on to his oscar that he had just won <laughs> and hit him in the head with the oscar <laughs> during the hug two arrogant dudes slamming into a chair no surprise <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> um i you might disagree but to me there's no comparison between french connection and this movie the, 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 this oh, yeah, French Connection is not your movie it's not your movie yeah we, but, we said this when we did it yeah 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 but
2: like you know I, I i don't think i can compare the two to be honest with you they're just such excellent films in their own right so they're, i they're totally I abstain different from this discussion
1: okay fair <laughs> enough um i will give my final thoughts on this movie first i don't know what my final thoughts
2: are. oh hold on i think i should go first because this movie means a lot more to you okay and, because of your texting, I think you should be the one who ends it.
1: All right, brother, if that's okay. I'll bet I'll clean up. Okay. Good.
2: Not clean. You're going to hit the home run. I just got on base. <laughs> uh, yeah, here's my final thoughts on the movie. What a wonderful surprise to discover a classic film like this, this late in my life that I'd resisted for so long and take so much out of it. And sometimes you delay films and then you see them and they don't have the same effect. Like, for example, Labyrinth or Goonies or whatever. But then there are other films that you delay and delay, and when you finally watch them, you can really consume it on such a level because you've lived a life. And this film, I think if I had seen it in my 20s, I don't know if it would have affected me as much – As I have uh, the effect of it now seeing it later on in my life. So much of this film spoke to me. I've experienced so much of what these characters have experienced in this film. And it is such a rich, rich film full of incredible characters full of unusual decisions for these characters that make sense within the construct of the film, which is very, very hard to find uh and i love the way that it is it it looks like a simplistic film but it goes so many layers deep bone deep almost in exploring the um the issue of being a human the issue of being in a relationship the issue of being from a small town the issue of, just, of wanting to get out the issue of you know just want, what are you going to do with this life that you've been given and so much of it resonates throughout all the walls of this movie and i i can't tell you how um happy i am that we decided to do this and how happy i am that the film really worked for me because i was afraid it was going to bore me and it did anything but and really kind of re-inspired me to explore and discover more stuff just like this that i haven't seen yet that are classics
1: so first of all i'm really glad that you liked it because when i sent you that text there was a part of me that's going i don't know if john's gonna like this movie (laughs) (laughs) um uh for me i think in a lot of ways. This movie defines 70s cinema to me in, in a lot of ways. And, and and here's the thing I've been kind of struggling to figure out how to articulate. Uh, so I appreciate you giving me a little bit extra time there. Yes. Um, is there are all sorts of movies that move me deeply. But for most of them, I know why I'm being moved. Mm-hmm. Like I know why at the end of It's a Wonderful Life, I cry. I know exactly the feelings that I'm feeling. And I know why the, you know, the end of Vertigo is a tragedy. I know why, you know what I mean? Like, I know what my emotions are. This movie, I have a ton of emotions. Yeah. But I don't know what they are. Like, I don't know. Like, we have JC on that diving board. I feel a whole bunch of different stuff that are contradictory. Like, I feel like she wants to do this. There's no question about it, that it is turning her on on some level. It is also a deeply uncomfortable scene. Mm -hmm. It is also putting her in this really, really terrible position. You know, like there are all sorts of moments in the film. Like, I don't know how I feel about Lois. Mm -hmm. I, I, You know, like I and what's so interesting, too, as you said, you know, watching this as, you know, a guy in my 50s now, I'm way more associating with Ben Johnson and with the the Mm -hmm. older generation. Because to me, when I first saw this, a movie about teenagers and there were these older people around them. And now I'm like, no, it's 50, 50. Yeah, in a lot of ways. And like, so we get to the end, particularly the final scene with Cloris Leachman and Tim Bottoms. And it's like, I'm feeling a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I definitely when she makes that speech, man, it rocks me. But yeah. then they take each other's hands and smile at each other. And I go, well, what is that? How am I supposed to feel? And I think it taps into this thing. And this is what I mean by really being such a 70s film. It taps into this thing about the human condition which is we don't fucking make sense. We don't understand why we're doing what we're doing. We're making all these choices. We're bouncing around in life. We're running into other people. We're doing things for the wrong reasons that sometimes turn out really well. We're doing things for the right reasons that sometimes turn out really shitty. We're with people that we feel that we need that don't always treat us well. You know, We're, we're around relationships that are complicated and filled with all this stuff. And then we just keep going. And sometimes in the end, all we can do is cling to each other, you know, and and hope. And that's what that last scene is for me, you know, and particularly when she says, you should have been more careful of me or you didn't need to be careful of me. I just go, oh, wow, maybe that's part of it. Maybe we need the wildness of Lois sometimes and the stability and strength of Sam the lion. And maybe we need to indulge ourselves sometimes, go after things the way JC does. And maybe we need the solidity of. Ruth and maybe we need the childlike innocence of Billy. You know, like maybe we need all those things in our lives to try to get through this weird fucking world that we live in. So that's what we think of the last picture show. Uh, of course we always want to hear what all of you think. You can visit us. <laughs> Best final thoughts you've ever given. I love it. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> um, Uh, You can visit us on our Facebook page. Just do a search for The Cinephiles. Of course, you can follow us uh, at Cine underscore files on Twitter, Cinephiles podcast on Instagram. Uh, Subscribe to the show everywhere. Just go out and just start subscribing. Do searches for the Cinephiles. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. It'll be good for you. And after that, maybe leave review, review, review. Maybe get a second or third identity. And maybe you have two or three email addresses. you want to leave two or three reviews on Apple Podcasts, you can buy The Last Picture Show along with every other movie we've ever reviewed on Cinephiles.net. Support the show at Patreon.com slash the cinephiles and if it's time for you to get into star trek the original series you can check out enterprise incidents with scott and steve and you can find me at sr morris on twitter sr morris one on instagram john how about you? Uh, you guys can always find me at the Roka says on
2: Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Uh the outlaw nation on Twitch, doing a lot of watch alongs there um, for some movies that are on Amazon prime and uh, doing some uh, sports watch alongs as well. And the, my podcasts, my other ones, uh, the top 10 and the geek buddies with the geek buddies. So we've been reviewing the book of Boba Fett uh, and we did our mid season review of peacemaker. So all of that is up there for you all to enjoy there. So find that. And you can also head on over to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash john roca says and see all the stuff we're going on uh and yeah as steve said please subscribe we've got a youtube channel for those of you who missed our last week live show we did uh, iron man 2 and hulk uh, from the mcu as a as a venture that we're doing here this year to uh, get in touch and uh, cover these marvel movies uh and so please subscribe to our youtube channel so that you can get the notice when we're doing
1: these live shows and not miss them Um, And I think uh, that is it for this week. We will see you next time for another great film on the cinephiles.